deep in London's beating heart lies a wall I'd like to it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans I am your host Cece And I'm Liz And Liz... Isn't it crazy how how nothing's happening in the news? Uh yeah, it's it's wonderful. Nothing it's, it's, nothing is happening. They're just having to having to scrape the the bottom of the barrel for just anything. Ring blood from a stone. There's nothing yeah. going on right now. I just wish that something would happen. Mm. You know, there's all this stuff just like not there's so much stuff that could be happening that's not that I, you know, I I yearn I yearn for some headlines. I yearn sure. for some scandals, but there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing happening. Can humans even handle such a utopia? I've been watching <laughs> Star Trek original Trek, and that seems Ooh. to be a theme that's coming up over and over again. Um, yeah. And so, and that's that's what it feels like. Is that there's <laughs> no headlines, there's no scandals, there's nothing going on, and I'm like, is <laughs> is life worth living? It's like humanity needs a challenge, you know. <laughs> Please, we're living in our in our ivory towers. We're we're like the Wally people. Mm-hmm. We're, we're stuck in our in our in our pleasure capsules. Just reading Harry Potter over and over again, <laughs> longing for a time. Just yearning for a time when you could turn on the news and see some politics happening. Exactly. Give yeah, give me a crisis. Give yeah, me anything. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a week. Uh, mm. uh, uh, and and somehow, somehow there has still been Harry Potter news uh, in in <laughs> in all of this bullshit. Um, in case in case you've been living under a rock, the uh, the impeachment hearings have been going on that whole that whole thing that was definitely worth everyone's time and attention. Mm. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you if you share this, but for about I don't know a month, maybe two months, mm-hmm. I had felt like maybe we're maybe we have bullied everyone enough, like you and me, like like us, uh, our, our our fan base, uh-huh. you know, uh, 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 the you know the the world at large, um, had like you know done enough shoving people into lockers to get them to stop. <laughs> Uh, uh, talking about Harry Potter in terms of like, like their political worldview, right? Sure, yeah. I am a fool mm. because uh, it turns out that uh, uh, on on February the third, ten years ago at this point, honestly, someone quoted Dumbledore at the impeachment hearings, and I just like someone sent me like. I say someone sent me this. Many, many people sent me this. And thank, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for sending me that. Also, thank everyone for sending me the clip of uh, Bernie Sanders not knowing who Dobby is. By the way, that's the best thing that's come out of anything this uh, th- this this week. Oh, for sure. Um, but uh, 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 many, many people sent me this, and I ignored it for a good couple of hours because I did not see that it was from The Hill, which is like an actual like you know, Washington, D.C. reporting website. Mm-hmm. I thought that everyone was falling for, like, a click hole article. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, haha, very funny. No one no one quoted fucking Dumbledore uh, in Congress. Come on. But it's true. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Jason Crow, he says, 
my wife and I have tried to teach our kids what we can always control are our choices. It's in that spirit that, that hanging in my son's room is a quote from Harry Potter, he added. The quote is from Professor Dumbledore, who said, It is our choices that show who we truly are, far more than our abilities. Uh, what this had to do exactly with uh, 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 shaming Republican senators, quote-unquote, is what the Hill article uh, uh, says here. I do not know. But I thought we, I thought we were out of these woods. Can I'm we fool. zoom in on this for a second? Yeah. Because I think that this is a quote from Dumbledore that I, I think is one of those ones, as far as quotes go, mm-hmm. that, that sounds really nice, makes sense in Harry Potter, but as soon as you start to apply it anywhere else, it makes no sense. Because in Harry Potter, we're talking about abilities like being able to talk to snakes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Is, is, what, is what the senator referring to is like voting ability i just want i just want to let's just like peel this one back let's yeah let us let us examine this one because i want to know what this has to do with anything yeah uh uh the congressman argued in his closing statements that the senators have a duty to convict trump on the article's impeachment that the house uh, managers support so he's 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 telling Okay, yeah, you're right. Hang on. If we peel back the layers of this <laughs> shitty onion, this this makes less and less sense. Because because what he's he what he is saying to the uh, the Republican senators is that they should consider that their choice to vote or not vote to convict to impeach the president mm-hmm. to or to convict the president. Excuse me. Right. Matters more than their ability. In fact, they are the only people who have that choice, and having that choice is, in fact, their ability in this situation. Right, like, in the context <laughs> of the story, Harry's like, uh, I can, I have the god, the god-given ability to talk to snakes. I was born with this ability, I cannot help it. And everyone <laughs> thinks that it's evil to talk to snakes, Voldemort talks to snakes, I'm so bummed out, am I evil? Right. And Dumbledore says, it's not your ability to talk to snakes. <laughs> it's that you don't say mean things to snakes. It's that just you don't tell mean. snakes that they should uh, murder children. <laughs> right. And that's your your choice. And I guess w- wider and makes less sense even in the context of the story is like Harry's, the hat told Harry, hey, you could be cunning and ambitious. And instead <laughs> he chooses not to be. So... I'm unclear how this applies in any way, shape, or form. There is not a single Republican senator that would not use their snake-talking abilities to convince a snake to murder poor children. Right. This isn't this <laughs> the, <laughs> the the legislature who's, yeah. who are the only people that have the power to convict the president of crimes. They weren't born with, they're not like a pan, like a council of like God, like, oh, uh, like, oh, I put a, a panda, like the, the hat, we, they put the hat on and it was like, you know, your, you, your ability is to convict, convict the president of crimes. Uh, and, and it's up to you whether you want to do that. That's not really what's happening here. <laughs> Their ability is having that choice. So in fact, in this situation, Mr. Dumbledore, uh, the ability and the choice matters exactly as much. Yeah, so, like, Dumbledore, get out of here. What are you doing here? 
Dumbledore, <sighs> get out, get out of Congress. Which Dumbledore, is not relevant. Get out of here. Get out of here. Shoo. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know, you know what my like prevailing thought was after seeing this was real and like hmm. watching the clip and stuff. This is, this is a poor, poor imitation of uh, when that lady suggested that Dobby become the mascot of the Libertarian Party. Right. That, that was so one, much better. Relevant. Two, yeah. passionate. Mm-hmm. Three, correct. <laughs> Four, involves Dobby, way cooler than Dumbledore. Exactly. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. So, so thank you, uh, uh, Congressman Crow, for, uh, for, for that. For for shattering my my um, naive sense of, of of innocence here, I was like, "Damn, we're, we're, we've done it. We've made it at least two weeks without anyone saying uh, the, the the president is a is a death eater or anything like that." But uh, but we're back. We're back. Things are normal. I guess I guess in in some ways it's like a good bellwether. It's like yeah, everything the, the world's turning. Democrats are still quoting Harry Potter for no reason. Everything's fine. Everything's I just great. think there's probably a more relevant quote in there. If you must quote. If you have to. If you absolutely must quote Harry Potter. Uh, I don't know what it would be, but I'm sure it's in there. Yeah, there's definitely one that would make more sense than that one. <laughs> he should have done, he should have done the uh, famous Ginny Weasley quote. It's like a, as a rallying cry, like, we can do it. Any, oh, you can, anything is possible if you've got enough po- nerve. That's right. I think that the, would really get the people going. The, what's the, they should pick the quote about how we we need we need Slytherin. Like if, if he you know he could he could appeal to the senators the the Republican senators and say like look, I'm not going to send you all to the dungeons like Harry did. <laughs> we need you. We need you in in this in this moment to to help us fight Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And then we'd all shed a single tear, and then and then and then the problem solved, impeachment yeah. complete, wonderful. But yeah, shout out, shout out to that guy, shout out to Bernie for not knowing what the fuck that guy was talking about uh, uh, when he referenced Harry Potter in front of him. That one rocked. That that one like actually made me laugh. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Powerful. Um, thankfully, I have some more news that is not. Uh, uh, current events related. That's good because that did a lot of damage to me. Yeah, I, we can't. We have already. We're, we're starting uh, uh, this podcast in an interesting situation. If you listen to our bonus episode this week, you will hear us taking some psychic damage in real time, mm-hmm. uh, which we usually don't. Normally, the common room is like is honestly that's like our our like meditative state where we gather energy right for uh, for the, the the recording ahead. But in this case, we we made some discoveries that just uh, uh, rocked us to our core, and now we're kind of starting on on the back foot here, right? And, and starting with some politics news probably did not help. So let's Mm-mm. let's talk about something way more stupid. Let's talk about uh, Harry Potter theme parks. Sounds good. I was uh, very interested yesterday when I saw these headlines because last week, of course, we were we kind of like did our best voodoo economics to sort of like piece together what the like state of the Harry Potter merch market is, right? Sure. Yeah. Um and I think it's you know obviously the Universal Studios park is immensely popular. People love that. It does amazingly well. Um probably is like the crown jewel in the Harry Potter 
franchise right now. Everyone yeah. loves that thing. Makes a shitload of money. Lions are apparently crazy. If it's like like even with line waiting apps, you know, like 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 that. I I I I cannot I cannot pretend that that thing is not successful, right? Right. Um. So when I saw this headline, I was like, oh shit, this is maybe 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 uh uh, uh some money moves are being made here. Uh, there was one in the Jakarta Post uh, uh s- saying that uh, Warner Bros. Is set to open a Harry Potter theme park in Tokyo in 2023. Hmm. So I was like, shit, goddamn, they're making a whole other Universal Park. But I was wrong. That's not what they're making. They're making another studio tour, which is, I mean, like, that's... You're right. Do I not not understand what the studio tour is? So so what, what what, what I'm building to here is that both... Uh, the Jakarta Post and uh, uh, the Nikkei uh, 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 newspaper don't know what a theme park is, which is apparently a trait that they share with a lot of people who've been to the studio tour, mm. uh, uh, as we found when we uh, looked at all those reviews a few episodes ago. Right. This, this is maybe not a, a, as crazy of a, of a big money move as I thought it was when I read the headline. But yeah, they're making another studio tour style thing. It's going to be like a little museum. There's going to be a pool. I guess they have some more props. So it's in going a... to be a pool. It's. <laughs> Is that I what think... you just said? <laughs> I think it, I hold on. Let me. I already closed the tab. I fucked this up. <laughs> 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 I think there's. Am I crazy? There was definitely something about a pool. There's no pool. I'm. I no. Ah ah. Okay. Control F has saved me here. <laughs> uh, Toshimaen is one of. Tokyo's oldest amusement parks, having opened in 1926, its swimming pool and it. Oh no, I fucked it. I did fuck it up. Never mind. Its swimming pool and attractions will be closed in stages. Mm. And Warner Brothers is borrowing part of the uh, site. So that. Fuck. So they're replacing the pool. I see. So there's no pool. So I'm very sorry. Very sorry for misleading everyone. I thought there. maybe they were gonna put the put the lake in or something. <laughs> you put the lake. What if they should put in the prefect's bathroom? Just put a big hot tub. Oh, yeah, that's that, way better. That everyone could just go chilling. That sounds yeah. great. They could put an egg in there. It'll be great. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so that that was my other news. Uh, uh, there There is another Harry Potter studio tour coming, not a theme park. I'm very curious to know what props they'll put. Because, I mean, I guess, you know, they probably got shitloads of those things lying around. It's better. I, it's cool that they do stuff with those, but but that's not a theme park. I, I I will I will go to my grave, adamant about this. That that is not a theme park. Anyone yeah, going to that thing? Yeah, you'd be real disappointed if you thought it was a theme park. Yeah, you might have to go to Google Google reviews and let people know that it is not a theme park. Right. Uh, and I'm right there with them. It is not. It is a museum. But uh, good luck to them, and uh, 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 they should keep the pool. That's what I'm. That's that's my suggestion. Keep that pool. Right. We've got to get to our chapter. I, I I just saw some very cursed real life politics news, and I need to close out of. I need to close this browser. I need to to open my heart, and I need to uh, uh, accept this chapter. What do you say? I suppose this week we read chapter seventeen. It's called a sluggish memory. Feeling a little sluggish mm. coming into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry, Ron. And Ginny all returned to Hogwarts on New Year's, I suppose. And they they arrive 
via flu. Um, and we also kind of get a little bit of an impression of their goodbye from the Weasleys. And I guess um, Molly's pretty upset because Percy and the minister left um, and and were, were mad or whatever. And she's just like really super duper sad about Percy. Um, Harry meets up with Hermione. She also returned kind of around the same time. And, and Harry's pretty eager to tell her about what, she, what he overheard between Snape and Draco and also what he learned over the, the holiday break. As they kind of meet up with Hermione, um, Hermione pointedly ignores Ron, who appears to maybe be cooling on his relationship with Lavender and is kind of more interested in being friends with Hermione, but she's still pretty mad at him. And um, and he is kind of intercepted by Lavender, who is excited to see him and, and kind of pulls him away. But he, you get the impression that he's a bit more, more reluctant than he was before. Um, Harry then gets kind of some one-on-one time with Hermione, and and he does tell her all about Snape and Draco, but she she kind of reacts predictably, which is that um, she thinks that Snape um, was probably acting, doing his doing his spying job that we know that he has, um, and and but kind of. Um, kind of goes along and is like, yeah, I guess this proves that Draco's up to something, but she's still, like, like even though Harry really is in the, like, I told you so mode, you have to, you have to admit that he's up to something. Um, she still kind of argues and says, like, well, he didn't say Voldemort's name, did he? And, like, all, and, um, uh, but the, the piece of the puzzle that she puts together is that um, when Harry is telling her about Greyback and Lupin's mission, she's like, oh, Harry, you've heard of Greyback before. We heard Draco threaten Borgen in the in the shop uh with with grayback um or by, by name dropping him essentially and harry says oh well that proves that he's a death eater hermione responds um well not really it could still be an empty threat um we also find out that um apparition lessons will be happening um that's about it with that um harry has some gets some gets some clout in the common room because he is apparated with Dumbledore one time and so everyone's asking him about that. Uh, but Harry has to go um he has to go meet with Dumbledore for their next next pensive lesson um memory thing. Um Harry Harry uh goes and sees Dumbledore and they kind of have a debrief about Harry's meeting with the minister um and Dumbledore gets like pretty emotional and like sad and or whatever um when when Harry kind of recounts how how he said that you know he's loyal to Dumbledore um Harry does uh oh actually the other piece of information here is that Dumbledore tells Harry that the whole um plan that the minister had um to get Harry to look like he's helping the ministry was originally Fudge's plan um that the current minister is now also trying to do um Harry then uh, kind of grills Dumbledore about Snape. Um, he tells him like what he he- overheard between Snape and Draco, and Dumbledore pretty much brushes him off. He gets like very like, you know, I know more about this than you do. Snape's Snape's not bad. I I trust him. Um, don't like don't worry about it. I'm dealing with it. Um, and Harry gets like super duper pissed and it's like, you shouldn't trust Snape. That's blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's time to go into the pensive, um, memories. And this time Dumbledore has two memories to show. Um, he kind of, uh, exposits about the first one about how 
they're going to see um, Tom Riddle during his school days. And, and he gives a kind of some background about how when Tom Riddle went to school, he charmed all the other professors. He was, he was very quiet and obedient and did his homework real good. So everyone at school loved him. Um, but the one thing Tom Riddle didn't do is he didn't really try to charm Dumbledore because he knew that Dumbledore knew too much and he couldn't hide his like true evil self from him. Um, Tom Riddle also spent his school days um, making kind of like a close circle of friends um, who Dumbledore kind of explains were the first Death Eaters that were just like completely loyal to him. And they did some some bad stuff around the school, including opening the Chamber of Secrets, but that, uh, that no, nobody in the administration or the teachers could ever tie anything bad back that like happened uh, with with those kids. Um Dumbledore like talked to a lot of people like after the fact who knew knew him at school um, and the people that weren't too scared to talk about him or that he could get any information out of said that um, Tom Riddle spent a lot of his time at school being obsessed with who his parents were um, it, like wrongly thinking that it must have been his dad who was a wizard um, but eventually found like a book and did a bunch of research and, and tracked down uh, the Gaunt family line um, and the memory ends up being a Voldemort um, tracking down Morphin Gaunt, who we remember from the like X Files episode, Pensive Memory, um, and he and he's basically just gone completely crazy after his dad died. Um, but gives Voldemort or Tom Riddle um, information about where Tom Riddle Senior lives because they kind of look alike. The memory cuts out. Dumbledore has some more exposition where he explains that basically what happened is that um, Voldemort. Um, knocked out Morphin, took his wand, killed his dad, killed his dad's family, returned, implanted a false memory of Morphin doing the killing, and took Morphin's, like, family ring thing. Um, the second memory is of the Slug Club, um, but when Tom Riddle was in school, so Slughorn's a lot younger, um, he's very charming. We see him there with, um, with, like, that circle of friends that we know is, like, the first Death Eaters, um... Uh, and there, there's some like name dropping because we, we there's like Avery is there and maybe Rookwood or someone like that. We're like, oh, we know those guys. Um, but there's something odd about the memory, which is that it cuts out at one point um, and Slughorn, like during the party, like is critical of Tom Riddle in a way that um, seems out of context of what is actually happening in the party. Um, and later in the memory, Tom Riddle approaches Slughorn and asks him about something called Horcruxes, uh, but the memory gets really weird again, and it, like, is, like, staticky or, like, cuts to white, and then there's, like, a stilted um, uh, Slughorn scolding him and saying, like, don't talk to me about Horcruxes, and sends him away. Um, the memory's over. Dumbledore explains to um, explains to us and Harry that those, like, weird irregularities in the memory were because Slughorn has edited it, um, and that it's Harry's mission to, uh, basically suck up to Slughorn and get him to tell the truth of what happened there. That's the end of the chapter. This chapter is the best chapter yet, if Zombie Dumbledore was real. <laughs> did I shock you for a minute there? <laughs> yeah, it did shock me. I this I, I don't I'm really excited to talk about this one because it is similar to the Christmas one for me in that it was just like very in one ear and out the other. 
like, I just, I, I don't remember it. It feels really boring to me, but I also think it has some interesting ideas in it, so I can't quite pinpoint why I don't like it or what part didn't work for me. I have some, I have some idea, like, yeah. some guesses for sure, but it was just, it just kind of, it didn't do it for me. I, I think it starts, like, like, like I, I think in, like, my earnest criticism, I think it starts strong and then just completely peters out. Sure. Um, and I... I, I think the stuff that, like, genuinely works best for me, even though it's, like, such a minor thing, is I love um, the, like, the, like, the return to Hogwarts, the, like, sort of, like, post-holiday malaise that everyone's feeling, right? Like, I, I all the stuff about the, um, <laughs> the fat lady uh, drinking through all the wine in, like, one of those other paintings is very oh, funny. Oh, yeah, that was really cute. Like, that's a cute little detail. Um, uh, the portrayal and like granted that this is this is a uh i think this is in, in like the, the the like the wide lens this is a bad way to portray these characters because as we as we have talked about at length the harry the uh, hermione and ron relationship is bonkers at this point and makes no sense but the like like the 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 portrayal of hermione's like uh uh kind of like polite dislike is so good, right? Like that feels very teen drama. Like, 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 similar to to a few chapters ago where where we had that like great scene with Parvati and Hermione. Mm -hmm. um, every now and then, when when it's calibrated correctly, the level of like teen pettiness is like well well realized. I think. Yeah, I like that this this scene kind of takes. It's like. Hermione's just anguish is over, and mm -hmm. what's left is this like chilly, um, uh, like petty, exactly ignoring thing that is more fun to read, and and like I like that she is not so like in despair that she like kind of is poking fun at Ron and Lavender, right. but it is like. You know, she like clearly is pretty mad about it. Um, mm -hmm. but she like makes fun of Lavender's pet name for Ron, but but they're still like in the same room with them. Um, mm -hmm. it, that stuff is fun. Uh, and then also the the extended discussion with like Dean and Seamus and Harry about apparition. I love just because it again it excuse me um it really captures that like teens learning to drive vibe mm. to me <laughs> like like th this has such a like oh harry is the kid who's who has a car already or like this like, kind of th it kind of threw me off a little bit though because i have i mean i i don't think that it ever actually says this but i was kind of under the impression that um harry was the uh, kind of odd one out that's only like apparated with someone once i just kind of assumed that all all the kids were probably like sidelong apparating with their parents. <laughs> yeah, that's a good because point. This, actually, this isn't like Harry already has a car. It's like he's the only one that's ever been in a car. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, I hadn't thought of it that way. But you would think that the kids who grew up in magic families would have probably done. Although is Seamus? Oh no, Seamus is. You know, Seamus is from a magic family for sure. I forget about Dean. Ron obviously has. Yeah, you're thinking of Justin Finch Fletchley, who has disappeared. <laughs> who is gone. Who is gone from the world. No, no longer uh, part of the dorm. He appeared in book two to say, 
oh, I'm muggle-born, unprompted for no reason, and has now disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah, no, I know know Seamus is, is like, what, uh, half-blood and and that, yes. Okay, so never mind. You're right. I had not thought of it from that perspective, but that's true. Harry, Harry has just ridden in a car before. And no one else has, I guess. Right. They're so all that like, oh, weird... what's it like to be in a car? I, I don't <laughs> think this is necessarily bad. It's just like one of those assumptions that I made. Yeah. No, that is really funny. I had forgotten. I had not thought about it from that that angle, but that is true that Harry Harry should be the one with the least the least experience there. But I, but I, I do think that's cute. Like just the the way they're like talking about you know the freedom of apparition and being able to to show up is, is, is like that that is that is just peak like kid excited about getting a driver's license stuff which is mm-hmm. which is fun yeah so yeah like this this chapter I, th- I felt like started strong and just like uh, you know it's it's laying on the like you know the Hogwarts stuff nice and thick but it's really thin right like like those are like those are my I think the strongest things I can pull out of this first scene, really. This is all stuff that would be really great to have in the background if there was anything else going on. Yeah, because because the like the, the I mean like the major meat of the first half of this right is 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 Harry reuniting with Hermione and telling her about this uh, this Draco encounter, right? Which like having a like third or fourth character in a row telling him the same thing. Like, I, I understand that the, that the idea is like, you know, once again, Harry is the only one pushing this idea. Uh, but at a certain point in a book that is 10 billion million pages long, you've got to have some sort, you, you got to toss me something else here. Right. Like, like just having another main character, repeat the same thing not only repeat the same thing repeat the same thing and have the main character say like oh you think the same thing as those other characters that i spent a chapter <laughs> talking to is right like it's just when when you're when your main character vocalizes like damn this isn't going anywhere i, I don't know zoom out take it take a take another run at the, that you know i need a reality check because i know that i'm a big time Snape fan. Everyone yeah. knows that about me. So I'm mm-hmm. a little biased here. But I'm having a difficult time with this plot for I think for a few reasons. One, like you said, it it really is just like the like, oh, you think the same thing that all the other characters think. Boring. Two, I don't think the mystery of whether Snape is good or bad or whether Snape was acting or not makes any sense. It just makes Harry feel really stupid. And it's like Harry is really like bothered by this. Every character he goes to says to him, you shouldn't care about this. And I, as the reader, also am just like, it is extremely obvious what's going on here. I don't care about this. Yeah, it's interesting because I think one of the um, strongest reactions we've had to this book so far has been, like, appreciating that the first two chapters of the book were, like, non-POV chapters mm-hmm. or not, you know, non-Harry POV chapters where we got to see something from Snape's perspective when we got to see something from uh, uh, the, like, unnamed prime minister's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those were really good chapters. Mm-hmm. But this is um, 
like lurching back into first gear a little bit where it's like, okay, now I see why JK Rowling only writes from Harry's perspective because it's the only way that she knows how to like make the mystery work. Right. Because, because we've seen that Snape scene where he makes the unbreakable vow, we don't have any like investment in whether or not he Snape is good or bad. We know he's good. Right. Like, yeah, which I guess is supposed to be the twist at the end, right? Because I think that we're supposed to have him kill Dumbledore, and then we're like, oh, he's bad, actually. Except it's extremely obvious what is going on here. Like, so painfully just, like, in-your-face obvious. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? No, it's super... And and the thing is, I think it would be at least, like, playfully obvious Mm -hmm. if we hadn't seen that Snape chapter in that order, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that we only knew about the unbreakable vow, uh, uh through some other hint, right? Uh, and didn't yeah. know exactly what it was, but but so far we have seen, um, through an objective lens, what happened between Snape and Narcissa, uh huh, and we know exactly what an unbreakable vow is, right? So the two key pieces of this mystery are already known to us so doing this like song and dance with harry is really boring because harry is not as charming or interesting as like columbo right like you can write a mystery backwards but right you gotta do something else with it uh and, 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 and he just also is very focused on the most boring parts of the mystery that we already know about the, it's and he's not taking any action as a result he's just talking to characters and saying like oh i thought you would say that it's not like like the part of the mystery like oh, okay did draco try to kill katie bell it like what is draco doing harry's not taking any like exciting action he's not sneaking into the slytherin common room he's not like like doing anything Really, other than just talking to people and being told that he's wrong over yeah. and over again, yeah, and it's like not he a, hasn't... and it's not a story about ha- him having like information that no one else has or him seeing something that no one else is seeing. There, it's right. not a story about him. Right, right, yeah. It, it, it's a weird situation where we know the like we know the answer to this mystery, mm-hmm. but also we are not seeing the character arrive at that knowledge that we have in an interesting way. Like it's not a backwards puzzle, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's, 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 it's not written that way. You're right. Like he's not even like, he hasn't like snuck into the hospital to grill Katie. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't, uh, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, like, like, like three books ago, four books ago or whatever, they uh, made polyjuice potion to sneak into the Slytherin common room on like less of a, a hard uh, a piece of evidence than they have here, right? Like, yeah, it's it's weird how passive they are in 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 in, in this situation. Every character is telling me I shouldn't care about this. Yeah, yeah, that's a rough spot to be in. If if every if no characters involved in this story have any convictions whatsoever, no motivations. Why should I care? And then the piece of the puzzle we get in this chapter is about Greyback, who we have only had, like, exposition about and is a name that we know because we were told about him but have never seen or met. Right, yeah. Which, 
How did... Yeah. But, but then, then again, it's also used as evidence like, oh, this lends some credibility that Draco's up to no good. We already know Draco's up to no good. This is a story about <laughs> Harry trying to convince other people else. who don't care about whether Draco is good or not. It's so good. Because, yeah, Hermione drops that piece of information. She's, she makes that connection and is like, oh, right, Harry, duh. Like, you've heard of Fenrir Greyback before you heard Draco say it. But, like, that doesn't... That doesn't like get her on board, right? Like that isn't the that isn't the dialogue choice that Harry like like clicked to make her join his party. No. Right? Like she just says it and then carries on with her day, I guess. It's really I mean, it's just like passive. every single character is just like looking directly at me and saying, I don't care about this. It's really <laughs> it's really <laughs> hard to care. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. weird, weird choice there. Yeah, that's, that is definitely odd. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I guess I will reserve full judgment until we see all of that stuff play out. But I feel bummed a little bit that the um, initially, like I, I think, really refreshing, uh, uh, like technique of having different pov chapters at the beginning of this book might have kneecapped this mystery right like before it could ever get interesting like if we hadn't had that we I might i don't think it's in any danger of being interesting <laughs> 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 yeah okay fair enough <laughs> it is so like you're right i'm thinking about chamber of secrets which is i always have to remind myself that it was a book we didn't like very much yeah, it was and all also because right. it felt a little bit pointless, and like yeah. I don't know, and it was still like solidly a kids' book. But I'm just thinking about how it was like, uh oh, there's like somebody opened the Chamber of Secrets. Who could it be? They don't, they don't like Muggleborns, and Harry's like, oh well, Draco doesn't like Muggleborns, and they're like, oh, okay, let's sneak into the common room and spy on him, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like it makes it makes sense, right? It's not yeah. that exciting, but nothing. Nothing is happening here. Right. It's funny to think back to the fact that our main criticism of Chamber of Secrets was like Harry was too passive in that mystery. Oh, because, yeah. Because he was easily 10 times more active a character in that than he was here. I mean, there, like, there totally is a story where it's like Harry cares about this thing and nobody else does. They're all, yeah. they're all like... Like, he can't make them care. But then he has to take action. He has to want to do something or be like, Hermione, will you help me uh, take action? And she's like, no, I don't care. No, I don't care about this. And there's a story there about, like, the loneliness of that or, yeah. or, or on and on and on. Like, right, there's 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 bits and pieces, but just there's no elements that are, make sense here. No, yeah, there's so many ways you could take it. I mean, like, like this is this is a story uh where a big a, bi a big part of this book specifically has been people uh uh believing Harry is some sort of chosen one right mm -hmm. and him right. insisting that that hasn't gotten to his head uh-huh but like and like that that is such a weird thing to leave on a table you leave on the table there if like the other part of the story is Harry is convinced of a thing no one else will believe him and we all know Harry has like a hero complex. That's something that these books have also tried to like hammer in, right? As part of his character. Um he's never he's not done anything regarding this mystery that comes close to any of his actions taken previously. Like like, you know, this this is the guy who f basically forfeit winning 
the Triwizard Tournament, the second task in the Triwizard Tournament, because he forgot it was a game and, like, tried to rescue everyone, right? <laughs> like, we've seen him make dumb decisions because he thinks that he can and must save everyone. Um, and it's shocking that all he has done regarding this mystery, and, you know, granted, we've got half a book left, maybe he'll eventually get there, um, but, like, he hasn't, he hasn't taken any action, uh, regarding this thing. Like, like, you know, sneak into the hospital wing, get Dobby to, uh, ask Katie Bell what happened when he's taking her food or something, right? Like, do, do anything, yeah, I'd like to remind you, because I just remembered, this is the same book, somehow, that Harry did a flip into a compartment and then got, like, curb stomped by Malfoy <laughs> yeah, on the that's train. How we, that's how and we started we spent, this. We have spent, like, the next fucking hundred pages being like, oh, I don't know if Draco's up to no good. It might just be empty threats. I don't think we should care about this. Yeah, did, did, he, did he use up his, like, one action this round? <laughs> Is that what the problem is? Is that each book he gets to do one, he gets to take, you know, cast one cantrip or whatever. And he's like, well, I already did a cool invisible front flip into a luggage compartment. Right. I can't, I can't do anything oh, else. I'm oh, done. And then, and then his cooldowns were up, but then he used his one action to like choke slam Mundungus for no reason. <laughs> That's what um, it is, yeah. And that really doesn't have anything to do with the plot, so he's going to have to wait for a long time for the oh, next Oh, Harry just has really long cooldowns. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, great. He's a great hero if you can time your cooldowns right. Oh, uh, he choke slam Mundungus and Hermione's just like, great use of your cooldown, idiot. <laughs> You, you don't even care about that cup. You wasted your fucking ult. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we've solved it. That's why. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm on. I'm now. I'm now <laughs> sympathetic to Harry here. He's he's doing the best he can with all his other abilities until his ult comes back up. Exactly. And he's going to Hermione. He's like, I think Draco's up to no good. Again, I know we've talked about this before. And she's like, well, um, it'll be another few days till your ult is up. So come back later. <laughs> Hermione, I have to build meter. I can't just... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> yeah. So, so that that's definitely frustrating. The, the grayback thing just kind of doesn't doesn't do it for me um because it, it's again it's a meaningless it's a mean it's a meaningless piece of information for us and also it is apparently not enough to convince hermione that harry is onto something right we already know harry's onto something yeah <laughs> so please we already know please give make one of the characters do anything right yeah um but no, Harry Harry fails to recruit Hermione. She does not join the party, and he has to go to Dumbledore's office and uh, and ask him the exact same question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does have to ask him the exact same question. Um, the Dumbledore, I I was very excited and was thinking of you as soon as Dumbledore explained to Harry that the new Minister of Magic was was carrying out a plan that was originally Fudge's. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I'm I was genius. feeling so vindicated after last week talking about how this guy is like not a new character. Yeah, I was blown away when I got there because Can you explain how this happened in the story. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's so weird. Okay, he goes to Dumbledore's office and 
you know, they, he, he brings up that he saw, he saw Scrimger, Scrimger, uh, and, and had a, had a, some witty repartee with him. Right. About being Dumbledore's man. Um, yeah. Dumbledore drops this thing that it was Fudge's idea originally, you know, during his last days in office, when he was trying desperately to cling to his post, he sought a meeting with you, hoping that you would give him your support, which I totally buy, right? Like that is yeah. a great piece of characterization for fudge right like you know when 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 stories are being written character actions are shuffled around all the time right Mm -hmm. like they just just out of necessity just out of cuts needing to be made that's not rare what's weird is to like not paper over the evidence right like you you have to do a little more work than just literally giving them the other characters lines you know um right and And then coming out and saying that that's what you did too like so obviously especially because the new minister is there to be like a new kind of guy so why is he why is he doing that not only that the weirdest part of that is is that so you know you know how like our confusion last week was like, hey, I thought Scrimger was supposed to be like the like ha- more hawkish, hardline minister, right? Mm-hmm. But why is he why is he here doing this like simpering appeal to Harry? Well, not only does Dumbledore drop that this was originally Fudge's plan, which makes sense, I get that part. He also says. I told Cornelius there was no chance of it, but the idea did not die when he left office. Within hours of Scrimger's appointment, we met, and he demanded that I arrange a meeting with you. So, Scrimger is more hawkish mm-hmm. off screen, but right. we don't get to see it. <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah, everyone's characterization got flip flopped here. I love to I love to imagine what that means. Like the idea didn't die with the office. Does that mean that like Scrimger like went to his new desk and like Fudge left like a post-it note on his monitor, his computer <laughs> monitor that said like get meeting with Harry to show that Harry supports ministry question mark and like Dumbledore's phone number and Scrimger is like <laughs> I think he's on to something. <laughs> well the, uh, it, it's it's double weird because I could see if we had been, you know, we we even we we got a scene with Scrimger and, and Fudge in the same room. We could have had a great scene of, I don't know, Fudge going to Scrimger and saying, like, hey, before I hand over the keys, I I wanted to let you know that I've been working on getting Harry Potter to like run PR for us, right? And Scrimger saying, that's fucking stupid. I will just demand <laughs> it, right? Like, like, like I th- like I could totally see Scrimger seeing the value in the idea, mm-hmm. but not the value in the like wishy-washy, like rat fucky technique that Cornelius Fudge was going to try, right? Here is my theory. I think that this scene was wholesale supposed to be at the end of Order of the Phoenix. And I think it was supposed to be Fudge. Oh. And and this and I think that this was Harry basically damning Fudge to lose his post. So I think that Fudge, it was like Fudge's last ditch attempt. He is going to go and be like, Harry, we need to show that you like that you support us. And Fudge was doing it because he wanted to stay in office. He knew that this was going to be a huge embarrassment because Voldemort was back. 
And this was the conclusion of that story that didn't have one, which was Harry being mad, like the ministry calling him crazy. And this was Harry saying like, no, like you, you dug your own grave. So lie in it. And and it's super epic. And it's like super cool at the end of the book. And Harry gets to be like the cool guy walking away and being like, you don't get to be president anymore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like you, you spend this entire book insulting me and now, and now you have to deal with the consequences that got cut, but the scene was too epic. And so she put it in this book. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's compelling. Cause that make cause, cause, cause yeah, it's written that's... in the exact same way. It makes no sense. And then it's like papered over here. Yeah. Uh, it does. And, and, and uh, like, it just is dropped like a rock in order of the Phoenix. So, and it would fit so much better there. Yeah, like, I mean, but, it's still kind of stupid. But, like, oh, <laughs> but, yeah, know. I'm sure the execution would still be silly and, and like, too West Wingy, right? But, like... I mean, it makes way more sense, especially because the last we saw of Fudge was being in the ministry going, he's back! <laughs> and, that was, and that was it. <laughs> like, yeah. stupid. Yeah, no, that's... That's compelling. I I had not thought of it that way. But, yeah, no, it, you're, you're right. Because it, it would then, in this book, kind of bounce back on Harry a little bit because... I don't know. Imagine some version of that where that news got out, right? Or mm-hmm. like leaving the ministry, you know, at when all the like reporters and stuff were arriving and and saw Voldemort was back or whatever. Harry gave an interview and was like, "Yeah, fuck Fudge," right? And mm-hmm. and then Harry would then have to. And again, this is this is very West Wing, and this is very like lib. But it is, <laughs> but that's what these books are, and I at right. least want that. I, I want like a story version of that, right? With Harry having to live with like, well, you kicked the like ineffectual but well-meaning guy out, and now you have the uh, the Warhawk in. You got War Guy. You got War Guy, and it's and and him him going like, well, is it my fault that I that I that this happened? Like that would be stupid, right? We would pick apart the politics of that forever, but that would at least be a fucking story, right? Right. And, which this is not. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that's, that is, yeah, that, I could really see that happening. It's just, it's just so bizarre how these two characters, like, have traded personalities depending on whether they are on or off, you know, I'm using camera here, I know it's a book, but like, on or off camera, right? Like, mm-hmm. we have still not seen Scrimger be the like you know the the prideful old lion that we keep being told he is like he's never Mm -hmm. done that he's just been a a a huge pussy and like like tried to corner harry (laughs) in the garden and go please please could you come to the ministry right like like come on what like (laughs) right it it just it makes no it makes no sense in context and there, yeah. it doesn't do anything for the story which is why I am I am nearly ninety nine percent convinced that my theory is correct. I think you're onto something. I I think that is uh, that is probably spot on. Speaking of theories that I am convinced are spot on, mm. Zombie Dumbledore. <laughs> this chapter, or I guess this back half of this chapter. Uh huh would be supreme genius best chapter in the series if our theory about zombie dumbledore was true yeah um 
isn't that isn't that something? Isn't that something? So, so I was reading this and I felt like I was losing my mind. And like maybe this is just my fault. Maybe I have this stuck in my brain so rigidly that I am like I'm looking for things. I'm like like I'm just I'm just creating confirmation bias here. Mm-hmm. But this chapter is perfectly structured mm-hmm. for an incredible reveal that never comes. Yeah. Specifically because I, okay. I'm trying to think of like the best way for me to like lay out exactly what I'm talking about here. We get two pensive memories here, mm-hmm. but I think the most important thing in this chapter is the non-pensive memory that is described to Harry mm-hmm. that Harry does not question. Yep. Because in this chapter, we are shown an unedited memory, mm-hmm. and then we are shown an edited memory. And, like, yeah. that's your red herring, right? Yep. Is, oh, here are these two... Here, here, here are these two pensive memories. One, one is true, and one is obviously false, and that should be Harry's takeaway. But the other thing that is so, or could, I keep saying is, like, this is really the chapter. The thing that would be so genius is that a huge portion of this chapter is Dumbledore describing uh, his own subjective memories of Tom Riddle to Harry uh, and Harry accepting them without question. Like, Dumbledore is building a narrative here here's the thing if this book was zombie dumbledore which it should be it should be i might be criticizing this as too obvious <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and and this is why and it is the one two three punch of that's a three-armed punch by the way oh yeah um one dumbledore being like oh, you're completely loyal to me, aren't you? And Harry going, yes, I am. And Dumbledore getting emotional. Mm-hmm. To a memory that cuts out because the person that the memory is from, like, we don't know why. It is like a very obvious cut to which Dumbledore, like, explains what happened and is like, yep, I think that's what happened and you should too yep. to the obvious edited memory. Like it is like so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but like his whole his whole like monologue which is insanely fucking boring on paper. Oh um, yeah. Because because in reality this goes nowhere and like none of this matters. But his like insanely boring long monologue where he's like peppering in details for Harry to latch onto about Tom Riddle mm-hmm. is just goes completely unquestioned. Right. Uh, and like, if, if this was truly zombie, uh, revanchist Dumbledore, <laughs> uh, 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 using Harry as a tool to seize power, it would be fucking genius. Cause like, he's just building this narrative against Voldemort that one we know is unnecessary Right. Um, but, 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 you know, in, in a world where this really was what the story was, Dumbledore would be, you know, motivated to make the story more than it really is. Right. Yeah. Um, and then two, uh, 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 for th- the thing that I honestly blew me away this chapter 
is that I think this might be maybe since Mirror of Erised, the closest thing I have noticed in in one of these books to J.K. Rowling's own uh, interests and like self awareness about herself coming through in the story as mm. like a exploration of ideas specifically this thing about tom being obsessed with his family tree Mm. and i was like wow this is crazy jk has finally written something that's like self-reflective a little bit right yeah Like, like like oh you know i'm way into genealogy stuff what's the dark side of that right right and I was like, oh, this is so cool. We're finally getting, like, any piece of Joe at all as a writer in the story. But right. it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't mean anything. It, it's, you know, that's not actually going to be a uh, 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 key to this whole thing. It's not going to be critical, uh, self-critical or, or anything. It's just, uh, she just sort of dipped into it for, like, one paragraph. <laughs> This this stuff is so crazy to me because like I there is like you're right like I didn't even think of that and there's just like so much like interesting stuff in here that goes nowhere and is meaningless. Yeah, I would love if if Dumbledore's weird narrative about Tom Riddle being like a a little Ted Bundy was just was just not not real. Just total bullshit. It would be incredible, right? Just like just making like mythologizing Voldemort to Harry in in a way to uh, uh, make him more malleable. I mean, like the thing that really f- sticks out like a- as like evidence of that to me, or like c- that could have been spun into a really interesting plot point is mm-hmm. that he Dumbledore really leans on the like, Oh, he was an orphan too. Right. Right. Like he's really tugging at like something, you know, a uh, 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 key to Harry's whole life there right uh Mm -hmm. that is it could be so like openly manipulative instead the rea i mean the the reality i don't remember how the reveal in book seven really goes but it it, it's going to be a lot more milk toast than that i think like we we know that dumbledore is sort of manipulating harry here but not to Mm -hmm. the degree that this chapter feels like it's laying the groundwork for right I mean, because it feels like it's laying the groundwork for him being evil, right? Which like, I, the, I doesn't ever go the there, big right? Bad. Yeah, like, like, like it. Uh, there's just so much going on here. There's, there's the crocodile tears when Harry says, "Oh, I told him I was your man," right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, um, this insanely long monologue about Tom Riddle that just touches on like, oh, he was, he was an orphan. He was so cunning he was obsessed with his family tree like just just like hit, hitting all of these bullet points is like, that just there to be lore for uh, like is that <laughs> is that really all that is i think it's i think it's there for horcrux lore i think that's mainly why it's there Bleh. yeah and then the memories themselves right like like the the scene except for one detail which i will get to when we're we're discussing the conversation more in depth but like aside from one detail in it I like that Morphin and Voldemort conversation a lot and, and the way that it ends. And like, again, the way that um, uh, uh, Dumbledore just sort of like 
comes in and is like, well, and here's what happened for sure, 100% without being questioned, right? Like, yeah. awesome storytelling. Uh-huh. Um, uh, uh, but, but in service of what, like, I, maybe, maybe we will be, or maybe the book will be vindicated here, and we will, like, get to the end of this book, and, and there will be some detail that just neither of us remember where we're like, oh, this was all building to something, and we were right to notice these things, and we just forgot about X, but I doubt it. Yeah, it's it. so weird that my first read-through, I didn't read the chapter where Dumbledore is a zombie. <laughs> exactly. And Snape kills him, and he, he rises as the evil dead I, and, beca- and becomes king. I forgot about that. <laughs> he becomes the Lich King. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm doubtful, but who knows? Maybe, maybe there's just something we forgot that will make all this stuff click. But to, but to me, I was like bouncing between i was like reading this chapter and getting like really excited and going like wow this is so spooky and then remembering actually i think i'm making all this up and none of this oh, is yeah act- and like oh, none yeah, of this we totally are <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that we are supposed to come away with this chapter being like oh i wonder what horcruxes are i right. don't wonder i like i am trying to put myself in the position of not knowing what horcruxes are and i'm pretty sure that having a chapter where it's like hey the mystery that we've set up and not very well stop caring about this and care about this word that you've never seen before wonder yeah. what that is oh it's seven MacGuffins. yeah um, I like I can't believe that the mystery is like taking this like hard hard left into like care about the Horcruxes and I have one question and I hope that the book ends up answering it later because it ha- better have a damn good reason that Dumbledore doesn't just tell Harry what Horcruxes are <laughs> because to me all of the information is here the only thing is is that it's a made-up word so we the reader don't know what it is but Dumbledore does and obviously Dumbledore has already put it together that that Voldemort is like he's like collecting I mean he like described he's like he's magpie like all he cares about is his family tree and Hogwarts all the information Dumbledore knows all the information so there better be a reason for this I swear to God, <laughs> I'm going to freak out if there's not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it. We we are like slowly unraveling in this segment of the book. Like every week, we're just like diverging, and and like we're like, oh, this is both the the worst book so far in the series, and also the most frustrating because it like it's so potentially good. It has the most interesting pieces so far. Like, this this idea that there are objective memories and then edited memories and then the memories that we tell each other with words, right, is so mm-hmm. fascinating. And, like, would rescue the concept of the pensive for me. Right. Like, because the pensive has just been a thorn in this series' side ever since it was introduced, uh, in my opinion. Like, it's it's uh, yeah, especially if this like ha- like changed, or 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 that the things that we've seen in the pensive already, like if that if this cast all of that in a new light, but I don't think it does, right? No. I don't think we're supposed to look back at like the prisoner of Azkaban. Was it prisoner where we saw the goblet. trials goblet, the goblet memories, and go like, huh, maybe that is different than we thought. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't trust everything we have seen in the pensive so far. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not the case, especially because uh, like it it wants I mean this is like all those this is the mirror of Erisa. This is the 
the invisibility cloak, it like it has to fill what the plot needs at any given time, right? Like we need the mm-hmm. pensive to be an objective memory for when Snape like gives Harry his memories while he's dying, right? Right, right yeah. Especially because I think, and I think the strongest piece of evidence, honestly, um, this is you know getting ahead a little bit, but the the way that the edited memory is presented just shoots that idea in the in like just dead in its tracks. I think because right. the edited memory is so like obvious and uh, it's so cool though. Like it's so eerie. Yeah, it's 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 very it's like well done as like an image for sure but it's also like if oh if if this is what an edited memory looks like uh you know like like uh, then then maybe 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 you you can't manipulate and there's some interesting as... like implications that could be cool to explore that i yeah. don't think ever are like are some people better at editing memories than others can you tell if someone like be- like is maybe changing their recollection because they're ashamed versus like trying to deliberately deceive. Like that's all like mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah. Like, like who, who, yeah. Does it change based on like, you know, cause uh, I, I, I think that this is also just like runs, you know, is where pensive as a concept runs up against, uh, you know, storytelling needs as, as in, in a really problematic way is like, you can tell you can make some really interesting stories out of this idea that like people can change their memories right mm-hmm. um people do it all the time people people suppress memories people change you know tell themselves things went differently to make themselves feel better there's so many there's like a myriad of options there right oh yeah and like who is this slughorn memory edited for is it edited for him to make him feel better does he feel guilty about Voldemort or is it he was in a panic and like logged into Dreamweaver and like (laughs) edited together something real quick because he knew Dumbledore wouldn't take no for an answer right like both Mm -hmm. interesting ideas but they're not explored I don't think yeah and I think we'll find out the answer for him specifically and Dumbledore does kind of hint about like he does say like I think that he like he clearly like because it is clearly edited we know that it's not actually how he remembers it but that's so interesting yeah and like i don't know i guess we'll see if it delivers on it at all but it doesn't call into question anything else about the pensive it's just this one that is obviously wrong you know what it kind of reminds me of and Mm -hmm. and also like i I realize i like have an example on hand for a story that does this exact thing a little better Hmm. do you remember the whole plot line in Blade Runner 2049 with the like the the lady who lives in that like glass bubble whose job it is to like make experiences. Yeah, I'm so glad you didn't say memento. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about a good movie. <laughs> hey, memento's fine. Yeah, memento's all right. Uh yes, I do. Yeah, that like that like that because there there's that whole extended conversation they have about like how to make a memory feel real, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and like when I think about that and like the the idea of like fake memories existing in Harry Potter that you can explore in your very real memory TV, I get really excited and I'm like, damn, like maybe there's a character who is just like the best memory editor in the world, right? 
who sure. like Slughorn just doesn't have access to or, or like Slughorn Googled how to edit memory tutorial and got really pissed off because all the options were videos and not articles. Yeah, he hired the he hired the alien from the DS9 episode <laughs> uh, in the pale moonlight where they had to make a memory to send to the, the Romulan government showing that the war was about to happen, but they hired the bad one, but that was it's all part fake. of the plan. <laughs> I love that episode. I feel like the takeaway here is, is this has been done a lot in way more interesting yes. ways. Yes, there are plenty including of Including other... Memento. Including, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Memento is definitely still better than this. Absolutely. Shall we get into the memories themselves? We have the Marvolo uh, uh, thing first, or excuse me, the Morphin thing first. Uh, I'm almost ready. I want to tell what it reminded me of. Okay. Which right. is way sillier than any of those things. <laughs> um, and, and instead of saying like what it reminded me of, I'd like to present this both as a free fan fiction idea for anyone listening. <laughs> Please feel free to use this. This is, this, is a, this is available. And WB or the CW, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, you can use it too, but it'll be a, you know, a few thousand dollars probably. I see this, like, the way that we could explore this is in the episode of every sitcom or, like, TV show that has ever existed in, like, the years, like, 2000 to, like, 2010, which is not even, like, expanded past that. It's in every, it's in every television show. And it's the, like, episode where three different, like, point of view characters tell the same story. Oh, the Rashomon. Mystery. The Rashomon yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, King of the Hill, Hank, Hank, and and Bill and Boomhauer burn down the fire station. Whose memory is real? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. do that. Yeah. That's so fun. Like Just... read, like to, like like use use this to do that, but for something like low stakes. In fact, I'm gonna go ahead and say that if the chapter where Ron took the the luck potion to win at Quidditch, but he didn't actually take it because of Harry's master plan. That should have been that episode. Yeah. It should have been told. It should have been told from Harry's perspective, Hermione's perspective and Ron's perspective. Yeah. Like Ron's, Ron's perspective. He's got like way more bulging muscles than he does in real exactly. life. And yeah, exactly. Exa- yeah. It's, Oh, it, but you know, you know what else you could, you could get a two for one in here. If you mm. rearrange things a little bit, if we got Luna in there somehow, we could, oh, yeah. we could also get a musical segment because maybe her memories are just like in like like she that's just how she sees the world because she's so wacky. This is one hundred percent the CW episode version of this book. <laughs> in, in the so TV much show, that, I know in the TV show that everyone wants, where like the entire like book is is like a season or whatever. That's what this episode is. It'd be so good. It'd be like my favorite episode. Yeah, give me give me Harry Potter Rashomon, please. There, mm-hmm. there and we it, go. And it, would, and it would start, and it would be like McGonagall's got them all in the office, right? And she's like, okay, Ron took performance-enhancing drugs. I'm going to need to know what happened. And she pulls out Dumbledore's pensive, and they all have to like put their memories in it, and Harry's is the last one. And it's like, oh, I didn't actually give it to him. It's just, ugh. <sighs> uh, so good yeah wow i love it i love it so much that's powerful thank you uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> but let's let's come down from our high of discussing the things that could be and mm. uh let's let's do our solemn duty to report the things that did happen for some reason morphin now speaks uh parcel tongue or maybe this happened before and i i didn't notice but he speaks parcel tongue in a cockney accent which <laughs> It's really, really weird to me. 
I did not notice that, but I do, I'm enjoying the mental picture of that combined with the <laughs> chapter illustration, which again, still to me looks like, um, Tom Riddle is drawn to look like Dracula. <laughs> I, I love Marie Grand Prix's illustrations. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're fantastic. I'm going to put this one on the bottom of the pile, I think, uh, of the um, ones we've seen so far. Big pros is that it has Dracula in it, though. Dracula is good. Weird choice since Dracula was not in this chapter, but... Morphin being... Like, Morphin I definitely portrayed, or I imagined more as, like... Because, you know, he's described as, like, ratty, and then he, like, jumps out of a tree, right? Mm -hmm. I basically pictured, like, evil L, right? Oh, me too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like he, he's the front man of a, of a crunk core band. Like, he, yeah, he's, he's that kind. He's, he's a scene kid is kind of how right. I pictured Morphin. Yeah. Um, me too. Did not picture him as uh Haggard on keto, honestly. Yeah. Uh huh. But yeah, this scene, I like this scene, like this conversation they have back and forth, I think is very spooky. Um, it, it is interesting if not, I guess, a little trite once you zoom out a little bit to see teenage Voldemort being just as commanding and evil as normal Voldemort, <laughs> you know? like I mean, if this was a fake memory, it would be great, because this, yeah, this, exactly. this is Ted Bundy Voldemort is the problem. Yeah, yeah, this is Ted Bundy Voldemort. This is like this is a mythologized like serial killer guy. Yeah, which is a, also just kind of boring. <laughs> there's another detail here that I'm uh-huh. I'm very interested in, and that is uh, 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 Morphin in his uh, snake-like Cockney accent using right. the word "slut." Oh yeah, I I did highlight that just um, for being in the book. You yeah, know? that's a uh, especially because it, it's weird that it it appeared here when it was almost comically written around in the Ginny scenes earlier. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever feel like you're reading something and it is like a, um, like a PG 13 movie where they only get like one. Yes. One use of like the brief F word or something. And it's like, oh, I got to use slut for this scene. So I can't use I it can't in use the Ginny scene. Yeah. Cause it was, it was almost comical in all of the Ginny arguments, how Ron would always be like, I, why why should I care if my sister is such a dot 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 and then Ginny would say like oh Ron called me a dot 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 like yeah yeah Ron has been accusing me of doing kissing crimes and then here we are in like the the X-Files episode where they <laughs> they can say um bitch and slut you, um, you can only read these chapters after the watershed <laughs> these, <laughs> these right. chapters are rated TVMA so yeah. they can they can do whatever they like, uh, uh-huh. but 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 when you're in prime time in the other chapters, you can't <laughs> say it. It it makes for a very odd effect for a book, because yeah. I don't think books have those rules, so I'm not sure what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, that that's I'm I'm actually interested to know. This is something I I, I I'm going to look up uh, and and report back on. But I'm I'm curious if there was ever because this was still this was this book came out in 2005. I think mm-hmm. 2006. Um, I want to know if uh, there's like any parents, parents outraged at use of language in popular series, Harry Potter or something, right? Like, because c- this is still kind of in that era, I think. My, my instinct is still just like the content of the things that are happening are so shocking that that would not register. But 
I guess I am always surprised by that, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be curious. Because I, I just, I had to double back. I was like, wait, oh, they put the word in there. They have not done that before in this in this book or series even. Yeah. Uh, so that was very odd. Um, but, but so, like, I really enjoyed this scene. But again, I think so much of that is honestly based on me pining for, like, what this scene could represent, which is fake thing Dumbledore made up. Right. There's also... In between the two memories, there is mm-hmm. this uh, there is this moment where Dumbledore and Harry keep having these little interjections where they like lampshade stuff that J.K. definitely knew the reader would be thinking about. We've we've talked about this a few times in this book about how there mm. are scenes where the characters will like talk about the rules of the universe with each other. Oh yeah, there there are so many scenes in this book where characters talk about the rules of the universe as soon as anything budges up against what we know to like reassure the reader that like, yes, I still understand the rules of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And one, and honestly, one of them I actually found fairly interesting, which was the, like the trace, right. The thing where Harry was like, wait, how come, how come they didn't notice Voldemort doing magic on Morphin? Mm -hmm. And like that one is fair and interesting because I, think that even if it's by accident, it, like, reveals, like, a bias in the wizarding world, right? Like, oh, if an underage wizard does magic around their magic parents, we don't care. But if they right. if they do it in front of muggles, that's what we care about, because we have... Yeah, I mean, I think that's really, like... Like, I think that's good to have in there... I, I really like the part where it's, like... Dumbledore says something along the lines of like, "Oh, we trust wizard parents to exactly like be responsible for their mm-hmm. what, like their kids' misbehavior or whatever." Yeah, yeah, like that. Like that's a really great one. The one that is uh, a little sillier is uh, Dumbledore explaining why he can't use Veritaserum or Legilimency on either Morphin or he or um Slughorn. Yeah. Like like I it's like I <laughs> I don't even remember. What is the explanation that he gives? Uh Slughorn will not be taking any suspicious drinks. <laughs> so so from the Morphin thing they just said like, oh well Morphin just he just readily admitted it so they didn't use uh uh, uh either of these things. So no mystery there. Just telling you right up front this is why I know that obviously, obviously, of course, Voldemort, you know, tricked him into doing this or whatever. Um, for the Slughorn thing, it's even funnier because it's like, oh, he'll be on guard around me, but not around you, Harry, which is really. Okay, but it's not it's not like Dumbledore gives Harry a vial of Veritaserum to trick him with. <laughs> so. He can't even say like, oh, what? I feel like there's easier paths out of this. You can say, oh, Veritaserum actually fucks up pensive memories. Harry, or, that's wrong. Or yeah, or yes, or that. <laughs> yeah, like 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 display Dumbledore having any sense of conscience, right? Like like Harry, mm, right? I've got to tell you something, and it's that just because these things exist doesn't mean we should use them, right? Mm, like mm-hmm. like that would be. Instead, he implies the opposite. Instead, he's like. Oh, Slughorn. I would if I could. <laughs> yeah, Slughorn. Slughorn's probably waiting for me to drug him. <laughs> <laughs> that really works for Zombie Dumbledore. 
<laughs> Which, yes, again, would be would be really good and eerie and creepy if Dumbledore was like approaching, revealing that he is an evil mastermind. But instead, it's just like, huh? Don't you run, <laughs> don't you run a school? <laughs> That's that is what I keep coming back to with this whole discussion around like Dumbledore and his the power he wields in this world. <laughs> He's a fucking headmaster at an elementary school. Like, <laughs> it's a middle high school. <laughs> okay, it's- fair. But it is it is crazy. It is like like any real world analog to this would be like unconscionable, right? Like Do you remember the humble beginnings of this series where it's like, ah, this evil guy killed my parents and now he wants to kill me too and he's gonna break into my school and kill me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Gotta- okay because the headmaster's <laughs> weird, but he he's looking out for me. <laughs> and like that's it, right? Like that's the extent of it. And now it's like, oh, Dumbledore is like starting an opposition party from the school. <laughs> like it's so fucking weird. Yeah, he's just like the principal. Yeah, he's the yeah he's. The it's just it, it, this story had like <sighs> she doesn't care about the damn school anymore. No, no, wizard she, school, boring, over it. No, we are in Wizard West Wing for sure at this point. Um, let's talk about the second memory though, the fake one, or at least the edited one, where uh, um, Slughorn chats with with Voldemort in his creepy club. I really like this scene. Yeah. I think that there's some interesting... Like, I think Slughorn is an interesting character, and I hope it delivers on this, but I really like this. Um, I like to see the Slug Club um, that isn't the one that we we know in the present. Yeah. But that, that Slughorn could have this memory that he is either ashamed of or knows that he did something wrong that has, like, huge implications, yes. right? Uh-huh. Like, like, that, like, like, the fact that, I mean, we know what happens, which is that, you know, I mean, he gives him information about Horcruxes that enable Voldemort to eventually take over the country, the world, mm-hmm. I don't really know, um, and, like, kill, like, countless people and, and create this, like, reign of terror, and it's all Slughorn's fault. And he has, he has, like, this, this shame, he knows he did something wrong, but he's still doing this presently. He's still like he doesn't see what was wrong with with this like creepy club he runs. Yeah, in he's fact, he's still gonna do it. He's he's he, not only is he still gonna do it. He's like outsized it. Like because here in this scene, it's just like him and a bunch of boys hanging out and eating candy. Yeah, that we we know. I mean, I guess. Um, what we know from Dumbledore telling us what is true and correct, where this is just the original Death Eaters hanging out with Slughorn. Right. He's 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 started like a weird Nazi club here. Right. But now he like throws parties and has like uh-huh. even more connections. Right. Right. Like, like he has even more power now than he uh-huh. did here, and I like that idea a lot like he is ashamed of something but like hasn't really connected the dots on what he should actually be ashamed of right i think i think he is such like that that is brilliant i like he is easily just one of my favorite characters at least at this point yeah i think one of the strongest written characters i think it is wild wild bonkers and i am like continually shocked every time i see 
people using Slughorn as an example of the good Slytherin. <laughs> it's I cannot, crazy. I cannot get over this. He is so evil. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, the thing is, when people say that, I think I've come to terms with what they mean. Mm. When they say that, like, oh, he is the he is the good Slytherin. I think that, and I, I, I think and hope and pray that they will one day <laughs> arrive at the realization that what they mean is uh, Slughorn is the most realistic Slytherin. Mm. Right? I don't, yeah. I don't think that's what they mean. That's not, yeah. I can, I can I hope. mean, I think that it has some, like, weirder, I mean, I don't, like, again, I think it's, I think it's kind of worthless to talk about, like, Slytherin being good or bad as if it's, like, a real thing that exists. <laughs> right. Because, because really the way Slughorn is written is almost like, this is as good as a Slytherin can be. This, like, this yeah. is, this is the, this is a Slytherin who kind of plays on the right side of things. Right. I mean, this is, this is the, I mean, like, uh, this is the, uh, 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 oh, John McCain was such a good Republican, right? Right. This is, this is the, like, oh, uh, you know, he was, he was one of the good ones. Like, he's not, he's not, like, out there being actively cartoonishly evil he wasn't actually a member of the KKK or anything, but he was just a monster in a lot of less uh, uh, obvious ways, right? Like less, mm-hmm. uh, and, and perhaps you know, for Slug- in Slughorn's case, like even more damaging ways. And if he had just been like a full blown Death Eater, right? Like he, he, he wasn't, uh, he, you know, he wasn't Voldemort, but he like gave him all the pieces to become Voldemort. He enabled this club like he mm-hmm. clearly shared their politics right uh he is a fellow traveler he's mm-hmm. yeah he's a he's a herbert von karenjan he's a he's a, he, he's a you know he benefits from all of the things that the uh nazi pa- party's rise to power got him but he uh didn't get his hands dirty right uh, yeah, and that is so cool and spooky to like see in a character. Uh, so, yeah, no, he he really is one like one of my favorite characters. Like you say, like it, it's crazy seeing people think he is the the good Slytherin character. Yeah, he comes up he comes up a lot in discussions about like oh like Slytherin has like an unfair reputation. Here are some examples of some Slytherins that were good guys, right? right? Yeah. I think even on like Pottermore, like even on like WizardingWorld.com, they're like, "Oh, he's here's Slytherin that's okay, right?" Like I'm sure we could find that. Yeah, I, it's like I like one. Please read another book, but also <laughs> read this one again. Like maybe read some other books and then come back to this yeah, one and try again. Yeah, we're 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 adding an addendum to this, which is read another book. But if you want to read Harry Potter again, read another book and then come back. Right. Yeah, like maybe a few, like a few, <laughs> like a bunch of books, like a, maybe some like history read a books, bunch of books, maybe some normal, but you know, just, just round your <laughs> round your palette out a little bit before trying this one again. Learn, learn some things, get some moral convictions maybe <laughs> along the way, uh, and come back and read this book and, and see what you think of Slughorn. Yeah, I think that he is like I do agree with that. Like, oh, he's like pretty well written. I think it's a really sinister, eerie character. I think it's it would be it's so striking to have like Voldemort painted as like this weird, like, uh, like mythological sociopath guy. But then Harry is just in the school with Slughorn who's doing the same things. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. at Hogwarts, and Dumbledore invited him to go. Like it's it's cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. And like I, it, it's it's weird too because it's not even Slughorn himself is not like overtly sinister. It's just that he is so self-absorbed, right? Uh-huh. And unquestioning in his like uh uh political belief. His political beliefs are what what makes me comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. He literally we literally first see him as an armchair, right? Like that's his whole mm-hmm. character. Mhm. And the strongest thing about this like whole memory situation is that it, it is showing that like you know he is ashamed of this memory he is ashamed of of his role in uh uh Voldemort's rise but his solution to that in this edited memory is to say oh but i i told him he was bad he didn't say he, you know he that that's like his extent of his like rationalization with himself is mm-hmm. is oh my fingerprints aren't on this train wreck, right? Like, right. Like that's it. Like that. That's the best he can do for himself. There. The chapter that made us fall in love with Horace Slughorn. <laughs> if ever there was a prime example that Slytherin is not all snake, snark, and cynicism, it was Horace Slughorn. Slughorn was a complex fellow straight from the off. We were never quite sure what we were getting with the former head of Slytherin, especially considering the first time we meet him in the books, he was disguised as a chair. Even they see that image and don't think this. However, on more than one occasion, Slughorn revealed a far more noble side, showcasing chivalry and selflessness above his dastardly cronyism. (laughs) Oh my god! Imagine reading this book like this. <laughs> Sorry, it's pro- I try not to be too mean, but I just I can't. <laughs> so yeah, so there we go. Uh, uh, he is a land of contrasts. He both enabled Hitler's rise to power, but he was chivalrous. So you yeah, know. isn't that what I said? <laughs> So yeah, so what a what a chapter here. Like, I, 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 I just don't know. I, I'm like, there are so many little details here I enjoy, but I think I enjoyed them mostly because I am imagining them building to a climax that we are not going to get right. Like this characterization of Dumbledore that we've pieced together here is so fucking great. I don't think that's actually what his characterization is going to be, and I guess we actually won't know until we get to to Deathly Hallows, right? Because that's where the, like, mm-hmm. concept of, like, oh, maybe Dumbledore wasn't so good comes up. How, how am I supposed to be sad when Dumbledore dies at the end of this book? If that's the big emotional, like, <laughs> right, moment, yeah. I just don't know how I'm gonna have any feelings about it. I think that is the biggest, like, that is the strongest piece of, like, damning evidence against this being intentional, right? Is that that's supposed to be the big emotional gut punch in this story. Is like, oh no, there's no more Dumbledore. He died. And I'm like, mm-hmm. fucking good. He was a, he's a zombie and he's trying to install a new monarchy. <laughs> yeah, and mostly he shows up to give me really long, boring exposition. <laughs> yeah. There's one last detail I thought was very funny here, which was the return of the like epic chapter closer. Oh, hell yeah. Except I don't know what the fuck it's talking about here. Um, 
As he closed the study door behind him, he distinctly heard Phineas Nigella say, I can't see why the boy should be able to do it better than you, Dumbledore. I wouldn't expect you to, Phineas, replied Dumbledore, and Fox gave another low musical cry. What could it mean? <laughs> Did Harry hear all that? I, like, I hope so. What does that mean? That That's one of those things that just like has the cadence of a like cool ending thing, but like I'm just like, huh? What's up? Huh? What's up? What? What's up, Dumbledore? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's kind of it's kind of the effect of um, that senator reading the Dumbledore quote at the <laughs> impeachment so. hearing, and it's supposed to be cool and epic, and you're just like, huh? Huh? What? What? What do you mean? What, what is, are you saying? What? What? Hey, hold on, time out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you want to cover in this chapter? It's- yeah, I have like two, like two things yeah absolutely yeah let's let's do it sorry i i i feel like ever like i keep reading these chapters and i'm like oh it's so boring and i didn't care about it at all and then i just want to talk about it for like six well, hours they're, no they're super interesting because like they are not good chapters but they are like crammed with stuff right like there's just yeah. a lot of little again things that make you go huh what's up yeah and i guess the huh part of this is something that like i didn't really touch on on the summary because it's like it's like hard to like pinpoint but i can't tell what kind of like weird character thing that harry is going through and i'm not sure i quite understand the like parallel that this is trying to draw and it's like the harry mad at dumbledore that dumbledore trusted trusts snape but is trying to be like oh like you trusted voldemort when he was at school also, the book is my dad. Like, it's like running these three like, yeah. parallels constantly, and I don't really get where it's what it's trying to say that, about Harry or the book Snape and Voldemort and Dumbledore's like trusting nature. No, I I also had a hard time with that one, especially because this is another scene that like reminded me so much of like similar to when um uh, earlier in this book when like Ron and Hermione were still friends, but arguing and they'd mm-hmm. like get into it really nastily with each other. And then Harry would like ask them a question and then they would just like default back to like normal mode, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. At, like, like oblivion NPCs. Like they just like go from like snarling to smiling when you choose a different dialogue option. Mm-hmm. And Harry is the same way here where like, he is just, uh, observed Dumbledore shedding a single solitary tear. Right. Because he told him, I'm your man through and through. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, next paragraph is him getting fucking incensed with Dumbledore that he doesn't believe him. Or or not even that he doesn't believe him, because that's not what Dumbledore says. He says, I'm on it, basically. Right? Or like, I'm on it, and I know more than you. Yeah, I know more than you do. Uh, and, but, like, Harry just goes, like, full, like, snarling dog mode at him over this, and it's really, like, it, it, it's just such a hard swing that doesn't really make any sense. Like, I could see him being frustrated, maybe, but, like, uh, he's just told Dumbledore that, like, I, I swear fealty to you, but I'm gonna get fucking pissed off at you if you ever say that you, you're, you're looking into something for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just, uh, like, more of a symptom of that plot line trying to be waved away for some yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, and Dumbledore does, like, cause, because he's, because Harry gets so angry. Mm-hmm. And, ma- and, he's, and he's drawing this weird line about how, like, oh, you trust Snape just like you trusted Tom Riddle. Um, and then Dumbledore just, like, changes the subject and he's like, 
well, we're fighting, but I have two memories to show you. And then it just doesn't come up again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that line is so fun. So you know what Dumbledore reminds me of in this chapter? More than more than being an evil zombie, more than being a West Wing character, Dumbledore takes his true form here. Yeah. Which Dumbledore is a fucking annoying forum poster. <laughs> Where is his wording here? Uh... I have been tolerant enough to answer that question already. There's one. Ah, Harry, how often this happens, even between the best of friends. Each of us believes that what he has to say is much more important than anything the other might have to contribute. I'm like, shut up, man. Like, go. Shut up. Answer the question. Go away. What are you, yeah. what are you even saying? Answer the damn question. Please. Yeah, he he is he is Redditor mode here. It's just, it struck me as as really strange like it, it the it takes it's so deliberate at bringing that stuff up and creating this tension and i can't figure out why or or what it says about the characters in the scene at all yes harry blessed as i am with extraordinary brain power i understand everything you told me said dumbledore a little sharply i think you might even consider the possibility that i understood more than you did again i am glad that you have confided in me but let me reassure you that you have not told me anything that causes me disquiet see this would have been cool if harry if Harry had like fought against it, and Dumbledore was like, "Oh, I thought you said that you were loyal to me." Yeah, if it had like, if yeah, if it had fed back into that at all, that would be interesting. But instead, he's just like, "Yes, Harry, I am aware that Resident Evil Four has a ninety-nine on Metacritic. However, <laughs> I did not like the controls. I assure you that my GameCube controller worked just fine. I do not think the C stick works for aiming." <laughs> Like, that's his whole attitude here. It's so, it's so weird. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, it, that's another, honestly, this feels like another case of, like, the story kind of shooting itself in the foot a little bit because it is, um, it, it feels like the, like, it feels like the author felt like she had a responsibility to, like, address every plot line at once here lest the uh, the reader ask about it right like mm -hmm. like similar to the the thing with um uh uh with, with like oh what about the trace what about veritaserum thing it's like oh well what about draco like i have to i have to argue with dumbledore about draco like it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't mean anything other than like staving off the questions like why doesn't harry ask dumbledore right like it just doesn't it doesn't give us any meat it, I don't know why she wanted to shuffle off the plot that she wrote. <laughs> I don't get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, please, I would because like. Also, because also, obviously, like, I don't think that we are supposed to think that it's evil Dumbledore. And so from that perspective, Harry, like, again, Harry just seems foolish here. Yeah, Harry seems of foolish. Course, and of course, like Dumbledore dick. knows more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, of course he's on it. Like, but, uh, but, uh-oh, we don't care about the plot anymore. Oops. This is also a weird case of, like, I'm not sure, normally this is a criticism I dislike because, like, this is, like, the essence of all stories ever told, right? Is like, mm -hmm. normally when people say, like, this plot could be solved if the characters would just talk to each other, right? Like, that's, that's often a very meaningless criticism to me. Mm -hmm. But here it's weird because it's, like, why does Dumbledore go straight to, like, Yes, Harry, I'm fucking aware, okay? I had, look, I, I was in bed, 
and I was watching TV and I didn't check my phone. Okay, like why is <laughs> why is Dumbledore immediately going there and not like why can't he just say Harry, I hear you, and I'm on it, right? Like like or oh that's interesting. I'll look into it. Like lie. There are so many ways that he could placate Harry here in a more manipulative and characterful way than like getting into a weird teen drama tizzy with him over it. Like Dumbledore's a grown ass Dumbledore's like a hundred years old and he's like arguing with Harry like <laughs> like they're like they're in Riverdale. It's so weird. I'm just the the answer is so uh, I just, I don't understand. It, it draws into question why Harry is so convinced Snape is bad. Because when Dumbledore's like, yeah, he's my spy. Harry's not, doesn't have like an answer. Yeah. Oh, just kidding. It's that he can't be that good an actor. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I have one other thing I want to talk about. Absolutely. Remember how at the end of Order of the Phoenix, I was like, why isn't the story from Dumbledore's perspective? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I th- still think that's true, but I think this story is even more that because Dumbledore is doing all this weird detective work and like going and talking to people like Morphin and getting memories right before they die and like learning all this stuff about how Dumbledore was like a magpie. Why are we getting that as exposition? This is Dumbledore's story again. <laughs> He's doing, he yeah. has this big, he has this big fucking detective thing happening that we're just being told about. Why? He's, like, going around. He's collecting memories. He's, like, interviewing people. He's meeting all these, like, these, these like, crazy characters that are doing wacky stuff. And we just have to, like, hear about it. What's up with that? What is up with that? Harry, if, if this has to be told from Harry's perspective and it's a story about Dumbledore, then he just should have taken Harry out of school and brought him with him. It's like, I wonder where Dumbledore is all the time. He's leaving the school. Yeah, oh, you don't get a six plot? year. Oh, it's the plot happening. Yeah, you don't get a six just, year. It's just me, off screen. Me, you, and your friends are going on a road trip. Uh, sure. Which, I mean, I know how that that didn't work out so hot in book seven, but like it would work better here probably because I want to see all the Dumbledore stuff. Um, it also that's a very funny point. I agree with it, and it also puts such a good cap on what you were saying a couple of episodes ago, where you were like, "Do you think J.K. Rowling regrets saying Dumbledore was gay because <laughs> now she can't write?" the Dumbledore detective novels or movies or whatever. Cause like, that's what surely that's what fantastic beast was going to be at some point. Cause that's clearly what she wants to write. We're getting these firsthand like diatribes from Dumbledore about how cool his adventures are and how mystery, uh, like how mysterious everything is. But we don't get to see it. And then we also have to deal with that in uh fantastic beast. Cause he just shows up and it's like, Oh, I'm very mysterious. But I'm trapped at the school this time, unfortunately. I can't do anything. I'm stuck in this room with the government guys. It's, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, I've, it is such a strong impression that, like, she sat down and, like, completely ignoring what the POV character is, plotted out this book. And then, like, realized afterward that it all has to be exposition because the main character isn't on screen yeah. most of the time. It's extra weird given that this book does relax some of that. And, like, we got two whole chapters that weren't from Harry's perspective. It's weird. Harry's just, like, a side character. He's not... Like, we have Dumbledore again, like, moving all these pieces around. He's figuring it all out. And, like... 
I'm not even saying the story would be that interesting because it's just like a, a, like a true crime, like, oh, we have a serial killer turned like dictator guy. We have to figure <laughs> out his, his weak points. <laughs> and then like interviewing people that he knew and like going to his like his dead parents house that he killed and but at least that's a story like that's a mystery <laughs> yeah, and you're like right. learning things and talking to characters that they then you care about yeah and you have this like annoying kid that's like oh your spy master is evil and you have to like manage him <laughs> this annoying kid keeps coming in and is like dumbledore why did you move me off your top eight friends on myspace <laughs> harry trust me you are my best friend but I am conducting very important research and I need to put Slughorn and Snape and a few other people in my top eight so they trust me. Okay? Are we good? Are we done? <laughs> Are we good, Harry? Moving on. Oh, it's just maddening. <laughs> it's maddening. Why am I reading this Dumbledore story? He's not even in it. <laughs> It really bothers me. It sucks. It's so annoying. She forgot to write a story for Harry, the main character. <sighs> yeah. I hope he does something next chapter. I, I hope Harry does some stuff in this book. That'll be cool, I think, personally. I, I, think that that's, I think that that's really, like, honestly what's happening is that we have constructed what it feels like the story is. Like, I think the zombie Dumbledore thing, I think it's a total accident. I don't oh, think yeah. that it was ever going to be that. I think it's completely unintentional. Mm -hmm. And we're only picking up on, like, weird, because, you know, we're, we're our brains are, like, looking for a pattern, looking for a story to be here. Mm -hmm. But the real truth of the matter is that the entire story was written for Dumbledore to do. And so we're <laughs> just, like like getting like this exposition that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't go anywhere right. because we are just experiencing a nothing story. Absolutely. That isn't about Harry. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> I think you're spot on. Yeah. Those are my two things. But it is, it is fun to pretend that this is a cool fridge horror story about how actually the principal is a zombie. Who, who will do it. Can you believe that? Can you believe that that is the thing we're coming back to week after week? Oh, I wish this was a story about zombies. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, can this please be about an evil zombie? <laughs> we're, di we're dying we're out di here. We need this to Give be about zombies. anything, please. Make it a... <laughs> <laughs> how far have we fallen? <laughs> this is how desperate we are. This is how desperate we are. Not, not only, you know, like, there's a certain point where it's like, okay, beggars can't be choosers. Any, I'll take any story. But we have fallen further than that. <laughs> we're, we're like, please, yum, 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 give us a zombie. Give us. Oh, a wouldn't it be cool if Harry Potter was suddenly a story about zombies? Yeah, that thing oh, that we both I love. <laughs> like, the, the manipulation that, that we believe Dumbledore <laughs> is inflicting on Harry, that's actually just what this book is doing to us. Like... We are at the whims of this terrible book, begging for it <laughs> to be literally anything. Please be a zombie story. Oh, I hope that I hope that Dumbledore is like a, an, an evil an evil lich. That'd be cool. It's like no, it fucking wouldn't. <laughs> but it would be better than what we have. I can't. I can't believe we're cracking up and we're only on chapter seventeen. We we are only we're like exactly halfway through this book. We have uh, we have so much more to go. We're already on hands and knees saying, "Please be a shitty JRPG." Uh, you know, I 
I think I definitely didn't like source this or make sure, but it goes around enough that I think it's probably true that J.K. Rowling says that book six is maybe her favorite that she wrote or like second favorite I or something. I think that's true. I think, she's, I think it's both that this is her favorite book and also Dumbledore is her favorite character, right? Like those, yeah. those are both and known. I, and, I think, and I know why, because she's just looking at it from the perspective of like standing over her like note cards that she like put on her living room floor, like looking at the plot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yep, this is, this is the Dumbledore story. It is my favorite. <laughs> the Dumbledore stack is really high it's like an inch thick yeah look at all look at all those twists and turns that will happen off screen <laughs> yeah yeah this book is doing something to us for sure it's mm-hmm. it's 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 putting something in our water yeah we're that's right we've we're we've taken we've become zombie pilled <laughs> we, we we want <laughs> we want zombie stories now yep that's that's right okay well before we descend completely into madness, we should take mm-hmm. a break uh, and then uh, come back for a little fun in our third segment, I think. Sounds good. Hello. Welcome back. We've been betrayed, uh, and and frankly, I don't feel like we need to stand for it anymore. How how are you feeling post uh, uh, learning that the alt press music quiz is a sham? Well, you can bet that I've taken alt press off of my bookmark bar. Yeah, goodbye to alt press. <laughs> Shameful website, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess uh, a bunch of people wrote in. Or, and tweeted at us about how, you know, they also got Dobby or Snape or, you know, any of the uh, options that uh, are available in that quiz with, like, completely random uh, 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 answers that had nothing to do with the ones that we gave. Uh, I can't believe this. Last week, on our follow-up to the quiz thing, I was like, okay, I figured out how to get Dobby. I had to choose all Screamo. Mm. Someone else wrote in and was like, I got Dobby, and I chose everything but Screamo. So it just seems like it might just spit whatever out at you because it's meaningless and, and there's no way to quantify any of this stuff. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe that they would not take it seriously. I'm sure the YouTube quiz was, was um, accurate though. Oh yeah. That one's for sure. Real. That one's <laughs> real <laughs> that... for sure. <laughs> so I, I have forsaken alt press we will no longer be taking their music quizzes or any music quizzes, at least for now, um, because it's time for us to return to wizardingworld.com, formerly mm. Pottermore, uh, or perhaps a wildcard option, because Ooh. I have a hearty list of options for us here uh, that I will, I, I've, I've been keeping these as a surprise, and I want to let you choose um, uh, what we're going to read for sure. our third segment this week, because we have some options. From Pottermore, excuse me, from Wizarding World, we have, what if Harry had gone through the Triwizard Tournament without Mad-Eye Moody's help? That one's what? great to what? me, be- because not only is that a bizarre question to pose, uh, it's also like a good trick question because he didn't have Mad Eye Moody's help because Mad Eye Moody was locked in a trunk the whole time. 
So that, I hope that that's the only. It's just a one sentence article, <laughs> and it's like, gotcha, gotcha, tricked you. Um, we have uh the Harry Potter characters whose Hogwarts houses are up for debate. Snooze. Terrible teaching. The Hogwarts professors who could do with a lesson themselves. What mm. if Dumbledore had told Harry that he was the chosen one from the beginning? And then I have a sneaking suspicion this might be the most interesting one. Stray thoughts. What if Snape was never sorted into Slytherin? Uh, is Stray Thoughts um, the, like, knockoff Wizarding World version of Shower Thoughts? Oh, no. Oh, probably. That's probably what it is. is Shower okay, is... let's hear them. Sh- I'm ready to hear these Wizarding World okay, we're just, Stray oh, Thoughts. This, this seems like it might be kind of short, actually, so we, we should just do this and then check our wild cards. Yeah. <sighs> Continuing our series of Stray Thoughts. Ooh. Oh, there's a whole section for Stray Thoughts that we... Huh. Except there's only one other one. Are they shower thoughts, though? Uh, when did characters first start seeing Thestral? So, yes. 100%. This is shower Wonderful. thoughts. Wonderful. Wonderful. Is shower thoughts copyrighted? Is is that like is that like a thing? Did someone spin that out into like a sitcom or something? Uh, I, I, that would be incredible as a sitcom. <laughs> That's a wonderful idea. You should cut that out so no one takes it. Um... I don't think so, but I'm sure that they're just trying to put their own their own yeah. magical spin on it. That, there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, continuing our series of stray thoughts, this time let's ponder Snape's life if he had been sorted into the same house as Lily. Albus Dumbledore once said that the consequences of her actions are no! always so complicated. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so complicated, so diverse that predicting the future is a very difficult business indeed, and he was right. The fickle nature of fate and prophecies comes up time and time again throughout the Harry Potter series. While Harry Potter became the chosen one, there were so many different roads that the story could have taken. Like, yes, like zombie Dumbledore. <laughs> like Dumbledore <laughs> was a zombie. Uh, if Voldemort had gone after Neville instead of Harry, for instance, or if uh, Albus hadn't invited Tom Riddle to Hogwarts. Oh, that's another thing. Sorry to like zoom back to our chapter discussion here real quick. Mm-hmm. And and we should save this actual discussion for maybe our next episode. But sure, becoming increasingly less clear why the hell Dumbledore brought Tom Riddle to Hogwarts in the first place if he saw that he was an evil little serial killer immediately. D- Dumbledore brings Ted Bundy to Hogwarts. Just just chilling. Just 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 okay. Why not? You know. Anyway. With all this in mind, I still reckon that the Wizarding World's fate was sealed the moment the Sorting Hat yelled Slytherin after being placed on an 11-year-old Severus's head. Here's how things might have been different if Snape was never sorted into Slytherin. Firstly, a quick disclaimer for the proud snakes out there. Oh. Ooh. That's us now. That's us. We're That's true. We are proud snakes now. We know that Slytherin is a great house. Mm. It is for the smart. The ambitious and the quick thinking, and it Raven deserves for the smart. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's kind of their whole thing. Really, that's like their only thing. That's so. like their one thing. Let's not take that from them. And it deserves to be respected. However, back in the day when Voldemort was growing in power and gaining followers, Slytherin's reputation became murky. I don't. I don't. Is that, that wait? What? Hold on. Yeah, hang on. Uh, hold on. Hang on a second. Wasn't it founded by the guy that put a snake under the school to do to do racism killings? 
Well. Back in the day. Back in the, you know. It was a different back, time. Back in all, back in all the all the days. <laughs> back in every day uh, of its existence. <laughs> uh huh. I understand. Uh, Salazar Slytherin's influence on the house also encouraged certain students to carry thoughts that purebloods were somehow better than others. Wait, oh! <laughs> Run that one past me one more time, please. I need to read this entire paragraph again. Oh, this okay, is beautiful. Okay, yeah. okay. However, back in the day when Voldemort was gaining in power and gaining followers, Slytherin's reputation became murky. Salazar Slytherin's influence on the house also encouraged certain students to carry the thoughts that purebloods were somehow better than others. What influence could you possibly be referring to? The oh fact my that god! He, he wanted to enact a race war? Oh, they've just been encouraged to carry these thoughts, is the thing. Mm, but just from his, like, vague it's influence. Not a, it's not all bad, it's just that they've been encouraged to carry these thoughts around in their heads. Um, so really, who's, who's to say? Who's really who? to say what's good or bad? Yeah, who can... Who can say what the fault here is? <laughs> I see why Harry Potter is so often credited as um, helping people form their <laughs> strong moral convictions. <laughs> yeah, great. Salazar Slytherin's influence on the house also incur. Yeah, nope. That's that's just where they uh, where, where they take it. No, no, and that's the end of that. No more yep. discussion needed. <laughs> When Snape first met Lily, the pair instantly hit it off and became very close, with Severus sharing everything with her, from what she needed to know about magic to his own unhappy home life. But when they went to Hogwarts, everything changed. The pair were parted with, uh, when the Sorting Hat placed Severus and Slytherin and Lily and Gryffindor, and while Lily thrived in her new magical life, Snape was essentially placed in close quarters with the likes of Lucius Malfoy, Avery, and Mulciber. Mulciber. <laughs> Not Mulciber. Not Mulciber. I think he's been carrying some of those thoughts around in his head. Yeah. It's not Snape's fault that he was racist. <laughs> if he had been sorted into Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Gryffindor, perhaps Snape stood a chance at making a much safer choice of pals. And it has to be said, he was relentlessly bullied by James and Sirius, since the pair had an innate dislike of Slytherin before they even got to know Snape at all, causing him to be bitter, angry, and make up spells like Sectum Sempra in his spare time. <laughs> Why on earth would James and Sirius dislike Slytherins off the bat? Who can say? Who, who can say why people might not like Slytherin. I, you know, it's, I feel like it's been a while since we've read one of these, like, I'm, I'm going to call it a Pottermore article mm -hmm. write-up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just, I live for these that just, like, uncover how bankrupt this story is, utterly. <laughs> just, like, completely, like, in trying to make content for it, just like lift the rock and reveal all the like bugs underneath <laughs> like it's so good <laughs> i love that they, this like this this article gets written every week on MuggleNet, right yeah or leaky cauldron or, or or on the subreddit 
It's the fact that this is just plopped right on the official Harry Potter website now mm. that just makes it so good to me. <laughs> it's so powerful. Anyway, while Lily thrived at potions and bickered with James, Severus was getting into some seriously heavy stuff. Uh-oh. Se- or excuse me, Severus was getting into some seriously heavy stuff. Surrounded by friends fascinated by the dark arts, he became more and more involved in the wrong side of magic and fascinated by Voldemort's teachings, so much that he called the once good influence in his life a mudblood. Yes, he had been humiliated by James Potter and wasn't thinking. And yes, he was suspicious that Lily liked James, but this unforgivable slur forced Lily to end their friendship once and for all. And thus Lily and James started going out in the rest of history. I love this. (laughs) Okay, yes. He was suspicious that the girl he liked liked another boy. (laughs) In his defense. In his defense. In in this... Stunning defense. Um, you can say a slur. put him in a better light. Uh, <laughs> wow. Should Snape have never been sorted into Slytherin, he wouldn't have spent nearly as much time with the wrong sorts of people. He wouldn't have received James and Sirius' disdain, and his friendship with Lily wouldn't have abruptly ended. Lily's good influence on Snape was now lost. Maybe Lily and James wouldn't have got together. Think, if Harry had been sorted into Slytherin, he most likely wouldn't have been friends with Ron and Hermione. What then? Well, we pondered that scenario here, actually. Oh, ooh. We have another stray thought link here. Oh. What if Harry, Ron, and Hermione had never made friends in Philosopher's Stone? Mm. Well, quite simply, the book wouldn't have happened. (laughs) (laughs) But the domino effect of Snape's placement doesn't change everything. If Snape hadn't been in Slytherin, Voldemort would still have risen to power, yes. But Snape might have, might well have been on the good side from the start, and wouldn't have betrayed Trelawney's prediction to Lord Voldemort. Maybe the First Wizarding War would have ended differently. But for Severus, it was just the beginning of his heartbreaking story arc, which saw him badly bullied, making a decision which caused him to lose his one true love, then die while redeeming himself and bringing Voldemort down once and for all. The, the flap of a butterfly's wings, huh? <laughs> I love that this, this presumes that, like, if S- Snape hadn't been in Slytherin, he would have deserved Lily. That's a really great take uh, that is not weird and creepy at all. No. Also, why, why did that happen to his character? Why can't he just be the drama spy? I don't understand. Yeah, why can't he just be a messy, a messy bitch who lives for drama? That's what I choose to believe. It sucks so bad. It's what I choose to believe. Uh, Who knows? What could have been? Had the sorting hat chosen a different road? Or if Snape would still have made too many wrong decisions? Thank you, Pottermore, for that one. Um... Now I gotta tell you what the wild card was. Sure. Because I, I, I really, that, that one was so tantal, maybe too tantalizing. A Snape article is always worth reading, right? I know. Yeah. Um, but I did have one that wasn't from Pottermore that was from Screen Rant. Which I, don't oh. know if, I don't know if you've noticed, they have been posting up a storm about Harry Potter recently. Uh, Screen Rant does a lot of damage to me Screen on the regular. is painful to read, for sure. And I guess that this one, I I guess you might want to bunker down for this one in that case. Mm -hmm. Supernatural. Five Harry Potter magical creatures Sam and Dean could beat, and five they definitely could not. 
I know. See, I've only watched maybe two and a half seasons of Supernatural, <laughs> so I don't know if I have enough lore to really say. Okay. What? Because so far they they're like kind of like they've beaten them all, you know. That's true. That's that's kind of the premise of the show, honestly. Is yeah. That, is that they there is a monster, and they find a way to defeat it. Right, because then they're like, oh, we can't defeat this. It's too strong, but and it's going to kill us. But they do find a way every Some, time. Sometimes it's a two-parter. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they gotta. Sometimes they got to lick their wounds in between. But then they come yeah. back, and in the second episode, right. they, they do. Sometimes it looks like all hope is lost, but they usually figure it out. Yeah. Well, what about this one from Screen Rant? Why Harry Potter recast Dumbledore after Cham- Chamber of Secrets? I mean... What what is there an article? It's a very long article. How this is not just a sentence long post that just said he died. I do not mm-hmm. know. I don't know how that that is not what this is. What about Harry Potter 10 most annoying things Harry ever did? I'm just like now just going down the uh the list of screen rant Harry Potter articles. This is gazing into the abyss for sure. I you know, I I'm I'm going to I, like I'm pulling my parachute. I just want to hear the supernatural one. <laughs> who doesn't? This? Who does not like a article that's like who would win in a fight? The, that's true. The boys from Supernatural or <laughs> thing from other series. All right. Well, so okay. Let's do it. Let's go to number ten. Could be werewolves. Oh Were- yeah, easy. Not even, yeah, that that one's so easy. This is such a good opening sentence. Werewolves actually exist in both universes, and with very similar lore. Mm, great. <laughs> and the Winchesters would have faced off against plenty of those before. That said, while Sam and Dean could and have bested more than their fair share of werewolves over the years, yeah. there's a solid chance that in the wizarding world they wouldn't be hunting down Professor Lupin with a silver bullet. I hope they wouldn't. Please don't kill Mr. Lupin. No, maybe they should go after that grayback fellow. There you go. Oh, it's in the middle of middle of the 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 wizarding like the 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 battle of Hogwarts or whatever, and uh, and Harry Harry and Ron are like stuck behind a piece of cover, but then mm-hmm. a, then an engine rumbles up, and these two guys get out of this car and say, "We'll take it from here, Harry," and they have a cool crossbow. Sure, there's more than one of that on Ao3. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine could not beat Centaur Horde. Why not? Theoretically, a centaur wouldn't be that difficult to Sam- for Sam and Dean to take down. These Absol- boys have ta- yeah. taken on gods and monsters. Why would they be stymied by a half-man, half-horse? Good question. Individually, of course, they might not be. But set them what? up against the entire centaur herd of the Forbidden Forest in a bad mood? That no, wouldn't end- <laughs> you can't do that. You can't say, like, Sam and Dean could take out one werewolf. I mean, could Sam and Dean take on all werewolves at the same time? Could it take on, could Sam and Dean take on the entire werewolf improv group led by Greyback? I doubt it. That's the part, that's the part of what Sam and Dean are all about is it's like they have to look and maybe they'll scout ahead and see like, oh, oh yeah, one werewolf would be easy, but there's like 20. So we should like hatch a plan to, to lure some right. away. So like, that's their whole thing. Yeah. This doesn't seem fair. Screen it's all, rant. Also, it's a, it's, it's a centaur. Like, look, centaurs are cool, but like you could, you could just like like defeat a centaur by like making a jump an equestrian jump that's slightly too high right like it's not it's not exactly rocket science 
No, I mean they're 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 horse people with bow and arrows. Yeah. You just but <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Dean have guns, you know? I feel right. like I feel like that's a that that's something that, that that gives them an edge in a lot of these. I think car also helps. <laughs> you just run into them, honestly, or drive away. You just, you wouldn't even have to fight them. You could just drive away. Mm-hmm. Car faster than drive horse. away, and then maybe hatch a plan <laughs> how, how you're going to take on herd. the herd of centaurs. <laughs> Number eight, they could beat the Sphinx. The Sphinx only shows up in the Harry Potter series during the Triwizard Tournament. On a physical level... Such a level, shame. I would love to see more Sphinxes. Sphinxes are cool. They're one of my favorite fantasy creatures, They're for sure. Cool. Uh, on a physical level, the Winchesters might be hard-pressed to take on this large creature with the body of a lion and the head of a human. However, Sphinxes are extremely strong and can be very violent if the item they are guarding is threatened, but love riddles and word games. And while Dean might be stumped, there's no doubt that Sam Winchester would love this kind of challenge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Sam Sam would be able to answer the riddle. Sam, Sam is a total Ravenclaw. <laughs> Sam Sam would know what walks on four legs in the morning, two legs during the day, and three legs at night. <laughs> he, he, he's oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah, that's easy. One. Could not beat trolls and giants. Sam and Dean may have an impressive track record with monsters and magical creatures, but they don't do that well when it comes to monsters that are truly huge, because their strength lies in lore, not necessarily in firepower. Uh. Uh. Mm. Mm, uh, I think that it's almost like Sam has lore and Dean has firepower, and that's the whole dynamic. That, that's like maybe the core of the show. That's the dynamic. Is yeah. The thing, so. Only once have Sam and Dean come across a giant, and they beat a hasty retreat. If they were to tussle with the Wizarding World giants or trolls, who were not just huge but immensely strong and nearly impossible to kill, they would not be the ones ending up on top. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I would like to point out that Harry, as an 11-year-old boy, did a, like, 10-foot leap into the air to defeat a troll. Yes. I feel like some men in their 30s could probably figure it out, you know? I I think that's true, and I think that, that Screen Rant has maybe forgotten their prompt because these it's not saying could Sam and Dean defeat these magical creatures from their own universe. So the, the, the supernatural universe giant is irrelevant. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that has no bearing on this, for sure. Number six, they could beat dragons. This'll they be can't it. beat a giant, but they can beat a dragon? dragon? Yeah, what the fuck? Given everything that we've just said about the Winchesters... Oh, okay, they're, okay fair enough. Fair play, just reading it. They are, they are acknowledging this, I suppose. Given everything that we've just said about the Winchester dealing with creatures of a certain size, this uh-huh. one might come as a surprise. However, Sam and Dean have actually come up against a dragon in their own world. Okay, uh, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't, that doesn't count. You can't, bring, you can't use that as evidence. That's Please read the title of your own article. They also know how to kill dragons, and of the swords that are able to do this. <laughs> there are two kinds of people in this world. Those who know how to kill dragons. And those, those who not know of that sort. Of the swords that are able to do that. Right, right. It, it might not be a walk in the park, but this certainly wouldn't be a game ender for the supernatural boys. Could not beat Bogart. 
surprisingly enough, a creature that any semi-capable wizard could deal with is one that the Winchesters would be utterly stymied by, the Bogart. In Harry Potter, we see a range of wizards and witches, even young students, taking on these fear-shaped creatures that love to lurk in dark spaces. However, the issue is that while Bogarts aren't a big deal in the wizarding world, they need a wand for someone to vanquish them. Sam and Dean might be capable with potions and spell work, but they are utterly incapable of wand magic. They'll probably manage this if they stop by Ollivander's first, though. Um, I guess maybe I don't understand the prompt, but also maybe don't understand Bogarts, because... I don't think Bogarts do anything to you, right? They, yeah, they like spook you. Cre- like, okay, so I walk in, walk into a room as a Bogart, and it's like, oh no, it's a giant crane fly. I'm so scared. <laughs> but like, I, and I don't have a wand, so I can't get rid of it. But right. nothing's gonna happen, right? Yeah, I don't think Bogarts like attack people. I think they're just like scary. Like, run like, away. Are they like energy vampires? They feed off of fear. Will they like? Will they like suck your your soul out if you get too close? It just seems like they're jerks. So. It just yeah. seems like they're annoying, annoying fear bugs, basically. Right. Could beat ghosts. That's right. Get their <laughs> yes, ass. They are. They are seen defeating many, many ghosts. <laughs> That's maybe their specialty. To be fair, the ghosts in the wizarding world aren't necessarily something to beat. For the most part, they are friendly dead people who just want to continue wandering the world, flitting through walls and chatting to Hogwarts students. However, should Sam and Dean come across a ghost that actually needs vanquishing, let's be real here, it would barely be a reason to break a sweat. Ghosts have been in the Winch- have been the Winchester's bread and butter for years. They could clear Hogwarts of its ghostly occupants in no time. That would be so sad. <laughs> that would be horrible. The <laughs> Winchester boys came and they were like, no more fucking ghosts. <laughs> Get out of here. So they could beat the ghosts, but they could not beat the Dementors. The boys have dealt with losing their luck, catching fear sickness, being stuck in alternate realities, and all kinds of situations that might cause them to lose their minds, and they've gotten out of it all okay. (laughs) But Dementors might just be beyond them. Like the Bogart, these need wand magic to attack by creating a Patronus. In addition, a determined Dementor is unlikely to give Sam and Dean time to look through books of lore to determine what it is. Their souls would be sucked out of their bodies in a heartbeat. (laughs) can't argue with that they would get sucked so fast fast. (laughs) oh my god sorry boys is how that one that one ends (laughs) sorry boys i'm gonna suck out your soul (sighs) (sighs) could beat basilisk Although the Basilisk is enormous, terrifying, and hard to kill, we have faith that the Winchesters could manage it. For one thing, the Basilisk leaves a trail of petrified people behind it, and that's just the kind of clue that the Winchesters love to solve. It doesn't leave petrified people. That was just like a bizarre coincidence. It kills, <laughs> it leaves dead bodies. They might even figure it out before Hermione could. Oh no, you solved it. Winchester boys, you solved they, it. They just needed, needed the Winchester boys at Hogwarts. And at the end of the day, all it really needs to be taken down is a magic sword, and there are plenty of those in the bunker. Throw in what bunker? Uh, the supernatural bunker, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I haven't gotten far enough. I, they, they don't oh, have they a bunker yet in the yeah. show. Throw in Cass and his ability to heal any basilisk injuries, fox style, and they could cope with this giant snake. <laughs> yeah, easy. Easy. 
Easy peasy. Could not beat. Do you want to take a guess what the last one is? Voldemort. Holy shit. You are correct. That yeah. is that is it. Uh, yeah. uh, the biggest and baddest of the Harry Potter world, Voldemort is not someone that Sam and Dean could vanquish. Sure, the concept of a quest to find Horcruxes and destroy them is actually right up Sam and Dean's alley, but when it comes down to it, they couldn't manage the final fight. The prophecy itself says that Harry has to kill Voldemort, for one thing, and another, Harry is a Horcrux, and if there's one thing we know about the Winchesters, it's that they aren't about to murder a child just to get to the bad guy. I, I think they'd do it. I think they would <laughs> waffle on it for an episode. Then Harry would oh, say, yeah. "Like it would be like really, it would there would be a lot that went into it, and there would, it would be a lot of character drama for sure." But they'd do it. Harry would volunteer and like make the choice for them. That's the thing, right? That's yeah. how every story like that goes, right? Like, that's that's TV writing one hundred and one. I, I think that like. I think this is bad because I think that they could defeat Voldemort if only because Voldemort is a supernatural villain. Right. Yeah. That, like yeah. every every individual part. Yeah. He's just he's like a supernatural villain guy. Yeah. He is he is that he is like that archetype for or that archetype shows up in Supernatural a lot for sure. I just always have to hand it to the uh, adult men with a car and guns. <laughs> Yeah, they're. <laughs> I mean, they've made it ten seasons, you know. Like, yeah, this this is sort of like the, the endless the the endless like oh could Batman defeat so and so with prep time and it's like yeah probably like I'm sure you could write a story where Batman does anything right like, that's that's how this works is that you think it isn't going to work and then it does because it's it's a story. They they could probably defeat a dragon. I guess they are gonna get sucked up by the uh, the Dementors though. <laughs> That's the only. That's the only one I'm on board with. Is yeah, yeah they'd get they'd get sucked off way too fast. They would they get sucked off them. so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Screen Rant. Thank you, Screen Rant, for letting us know how exactly the Winchester boys are going to fail. No, not November. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use it as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp. You can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. We have lots of bonus content there for you, including this week. Uh, no Witcher content because of computer problems, but we do unravel a mystery on air this mm-hmm. week, uh, which is quite exciting. Liz, what are we reading next week? Um... We're reading chapter 18, and it's called Birthday Surprises. Ooh. I can't even, it's like, what? It's like January in the book, mm. right? Because they just got back from, I'm just like trying to put it together. Yeah, so it's not Harry's birthday, for sure. Harry is looking at, Harry is looking at a hula hoop in the art. Very interesting. Uh, uh, no idea what to make of that. Looks really exciting. Well, we will find out. Whose birthday it's referring to soon enough. But until then, please read another book. Please, please read a bunch of books and then read this book. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. I forgot we updated it. (laughs) Addendum. Please read another book um, and then read this one again and then continue to read more books. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better. Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama 
is just a cat in disguise.